0: This is the Dosa Cerro Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, Presa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins... The Dosa
1: Podcast.
0: Good evening, and thank you for joining us again at the Dosa Podcast. Yamanito Productions brought to you by SoccerChronicle.com. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us again. This evening, we have a wide variety of topics to discuss tonight. We need to discuss, at length, as we did last week, the resurgence of one of the most popular teams in Mexico. Is it finally time for them? I think you know who we're talking about. Also tonight, we're going to discuss FIFA's Rule 19 and how does it apply, does it apply, will it apply, should it apply, will it apply to the Mexican-American players that are playing down in the youth systems of the Liga MX teams, and what, if anything, is going to happen to that whole situation. We also need to congratulate Pumas for their qualification in first place of their group in Copa Libertadores. They won 3 2 tonight in Ecuador. It looked like there were more Pumas fans and MNEC fans in the stadium. Very important win for Pumas. They were able to secure first place in their group, and because they have 15 points, it's looking very likely that they will also be uh, one of the top four seeds. For the next round, which guarantees them at least two home game, two series where they would have the home leg in the second leg at home if they advance for the first one. So congratulations to them. We're also going to be talking about Club America and their continued success as they make mincemeat of the Liga MX sides. They beat Tijuana 6-1, the worst defeat in Tijuana's albeit short, but their worst defeat in their history. And, of course, we'll have other topics. We are live on YouTube right now. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, please feel free to drop off any uh, questions, comments. We'll try to get to them. And, of course, you can listen to this recording on iTunes uh, as soon as it gets posted, usually by Thursday or Friday of the week. But this is a Los Acero Podcast. The Yamarito Productions brought to you by SoccerChronicle.com. Let me introduce our panel out in Escondido, California. We have with us Daniel <clears throat> Preciado. How are you, sir?
2: Doing good, John. Evening, everyone. Glad to be here.
0: <clears throat> Daniel, you and I uh, have been having plumbing problems, and, and we, when we say plumbing problems, I mean nothing you know, with our own systems, but our houses. You had some plumbing <laughs> issues last week. I've got them this week. Uh, it is not fun watching a lake develop in your yard as you and I have both had
2: yeah um, at least yours um, didn't require a hazmat team to clean it up but um, Mm -hmm. my pool under my kitchen um, was a little more involved and probably more expensive but yes I I feel your pain brother
0: no yeah and then it it turned out we're not done it looks like our irrigation system is also leaking so I've got to deal with that tomorrow. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not fun. Over in Hayes County, here in the uh, greater Austin metropolitan area, we have with us a gentleman who is now a world traveler, has gone to many countries and seen many games, gave us a very interesting report about the Azteca, which I'd like to talk to a little bit later as far as uh, the cornerstone for Mexico's possible bit in 2026, we have with us the man who pushes all the buttons, Albert El Chiquiscampa. How are you, sir?
3: Hey, what's up, everybody? Doing good.
0: Did you uh, get to watch Pumas' resounding victory over what, what appeared to be a very weak Ecuadorian side today?
3: Yeah, I watched I watched the beginning, bits and pieces of it, saw a couple of goals, and then MLX sort of tried to come back, but uh, yeah, I was impressed by the fans that were out there, the... I don't know if they were, you know, if they traveled or if they actually some of them lived there, but yeah, that's pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, there were uh, quite a few Pumas fans in the stands. It looked like they were outnumbering the MLK fans. And of course, MLK had already been eliminated, so they really didn't have anything to play for. This was a, as they say, <clears throat> partido de trámite, but those are usually the ones that bite Mexican teams in the butt, especially in this tournament, but Pumas was able to get the big win out in California. We have our next two gentlemen, two gentlemen who uh, I'm sure have been smiling ear to ear all this week because of what has been happening with their with their favorite uh, their favorite team. Which team do you ask? What would be this team?
4: Somos leyenda del fútbol mexicano.
0: Can only be one team, who's la leyenda del fútbol mexicano. and What team would that be? <laughs> Of course, we're talking about Guadalajara, Joel Aceves. How are you, sir?
5: Greetings, John. Feeling good.
0: Yeah. It's been a good week. Is Chivas winning enough, Joel, for you to actually start paying attention and watching the games?
5: No, not really. Not yet. <laughs> it's it's not the team; it's who manages it.
0: <laughs> ah, so, so you're still you're still boycotting.
5: Salty. I'm gonna be very salty. Yeah.
0: You know, you remind me, Joel, a lot of, of uh, a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans here in Texas that just refused to support the team because of the owner ah. and the way that he treated the venerable Tom Landry, mayor's rest, Bernie, rest in peace, when he when he bought the team. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I don't think, however, that that applies to our next California resident who has also been enjoying a good week. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for a Clásico tapati. Of course, we're talking about Juan Uribe. How are you, sir?
6: Good, good. John, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing very, very well, despite the, you know, the house issues. But it's, it's great. We have had a spectacular spring so far here, at least in Austin. It hasn't. Usually, this is the time of year where the 90 degree temperature starts creeping in, and we have it for the next seven months. But, but so far, it's been, it's been very pleasant. It's been wonderful. So trying to get out as much as I can. A gentleman who does not have that kind of luck, I've noticed this has been, it's been snowing and cold and miserable up there in Phili Of course, we're talking about Ronnie De Luna, whose team America. is doing very well as well. So I'm sure he has been smiling ear to ear, but it hasn't been because of the... Hello, BBC. So, Ronnie, how are you, sir?
4: I'm doing uh, very well. Thank you, John. Thank you for asking.
0: Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So, you've been bashing Darwin Quintero for the better part of the well, I guess the entirety of the history of this podcast and uh, he must have been listening because it looks like things are turning around for the gold scientist. Uh not well, quite yet.
4: Not quite yet. I mean, did you see did you see him getting sent off uh
2: Oh, well was it? just what a week Ronnie reminds me of uh of Ramsey's uh in the Ten Commandments, Sam. Like like it's just everything not good, kept man. everything everything kept happening and he's just like and still <laughs> his heart his heart remains cold.
4: Not well I mean it was the, the game uh he gets sent off for stupid fell and he gets uh what was it in the in the in the semis against uh...
0: yeah, but he was trying to help us out, dude.
4: But come on, dude, There was no, there was no need to do that. I mean, it's still, he still lacks, he still well, lacks
0: discipline. He made up for it by embarrassing Cholos at the Azteca. So you know, he, he made he made up, he made amends for his evil doings. Don't you, don't you think? Look, six games. You know,
4: five six games doesn't really, not really, going to erase the entire you know time that he's been with the club I mean, because he has. I mean, if like let's say his career ended, you know, after this year, after this season, his time at América hasn't really been all that productive because when you compare him, what he was doing at Santos and what he's doing now,
3: it's. What if he, what if he wins the league?
4: Well, I mean, America's, America's made three finals. You know, made three finals without. It.
3: No, but what if he scores m- multiple goals,
0: yeah. What if what if he scores like a hat trick in the second leg of the final? Well, huh? sure everybody on the top is. Mean, well, you know, you could have scored four. I mean, come on, did you see the way? I
4: I think everybody would. I think most would agree that Miki Arroyo ha- is, has been very inconsistent. Yet he, he, he scored the winning goal uh, against Stigas, you know, uh, in the final.
0: So does that mean that you would buy him a tequila shot, that it would be like salsa instead of something good? You'd like, here, have tequila Rio Grande in the plastic bottle?
4: Mm, nah, wouldn't buy it. Wouldn't waste my money.
0: You wouldn't even, would even buy him a tequila shot? Wow.
4: No. I'll buy him a plane ticket so he can get the hell out. Plane ticket back <laughs> to, to Colombia. <laughs> You know, I I just I don't know. It's just they're they're very you know they 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 get caught up in in fights and yellow cards. They're kind of like you know they're ball hogs. You know they, you know how they're that they're, they're saying that that sometimes you know a Ford is supposed to be a little selfish with the ball. It's true, but at times you're supposed to look for the best possible shot or the best possible chance to you know to score. And I think sometimes they just they don't make the right pass, or, or they make the wrong decision in, in, in the transitional, you know, play. Uh, like I
0: said, I mean, I, I gave them, the, I gave them an opportunity at first.
4: They just didn't pan out. You know, you, you
0: remind me. Did you guys see the movie Shallow Hal?
4: Yeah, not a very good. <laughs>
0: it's actually but, been but,
1: on. <laughs> it <has> a, <laughs> well it's a uh, great movie, John.
0: yeah, George Costanza. I forget what the, Jason Alexander plays that character who. Doesn't like girls that have the 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 middle big toe bigger bigger than the big toe. You, you know, don't
5: know, like I'm talking about. he doesn't like cordiwapas?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but he doesn't like a, a toe longer than the big toe. And there was this girl at the end of the movie saying, "Yeah, and I think the surviving Beatles are going to be that's just this, just incredible party." And all they can focus is all they can focus on is, is that 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 big second toe bigger than the big toe. And he's <laughs> like, you know. I think I'm gonna pass. That's what you remind me of, Ronnie. I think that you're that you're obsessed with nitpicking the same guys, while at the moment the your your, your America team is just crushing it. They're in a final. Chances are pretty high they're going to. But be it's in not another because of,
4: because it's not because of them, though. So I mean, then, why
0: the, are you complaining about them?
4: Because I, I want the team to be better, and I just I mean. I mean, getting sent off when there was no need to. I mean, it, it's been a problem, and you know those two guys are a part of the problem when it comes to getting yellow cards. Why does and Sambu cool? get a pass? What's that?
2: Why does Sambu get a pass? Uh, uh, because you
4: uh, Because they've won. They won a lot. They won a lot with the team.
2: No, no
0: it's, it's a true. Straight, that straight. Did you take that picture of Moises Munoz? Yes, I did. I was making the rounds last week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs>
0: That's what I thought. So was it you that 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 uh, counseled him to lay off the Doritos? Is that was that part of your plan? No, too many carbs.
4: No, I like Doritos. Well, I mean, he did apparently. Good lord, I like the, the the spicy. What
3: is it? He, he spicy the chili jokes. Yeah, more torta jokes. When
0: I was a kid, the really uh, delicious corn chip in Mexico were these ones called pizzerolas. They were like Doritos, yeah, I remember they were that. Circle shape instead of wedge shape. They had the yeah. uh,
4: rancher. was it the rancheria? No, was it? The ran- uh, yeah, they were rancheritos. The Doritos, rancheritos. Yeah, Doritos ran- rancheros. But those? I'm, I'm still more of a crujitos
0: guy. Like a See, I would always pegged you as a, as a churrumais guy. Like no. guy. No, I
4: liked uh, mazapan and. Uh,
0: and what
5: about Duvalin?
0: <laughs> you probably eat tamarindo you? too, don't you?
4: Tamarindo, yes. Mm. Chocolate milk, no.
0: no. No choco milk for you. No. No choco milk for you. Okay, well, we've introduced the panel. Hey, hey, what
4: about chocoroles for you guys?
0: I love chocoroles, and you can still get them in Texas, and I like to freeze them, and I eat them frozen, and they're incredible. And you try to explain it to your, I'll just call them the native people around here, and say, yeah, it's a uh, chocolate cake with cream and pineapple jelly. And they look at you like you're speaking in Russian. Like, why on earth would I ever eat that? They're delicious. Anyway. So let's jump into it. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, for you folks that are listening to us live, feel free to uh, send us your comments. We are... Going to discuss the resurgence of could it be the most traditional team in Mexico? For the past three uh, three match days, Chivas has scored ten goals, only allowed one. They have one of the strongest defenses in the league. It looks like they're getting hot at the right time. They've entered now the Liguilla picture. I think they're going to make the Ligaia. They have a big game this week. Now I have to ask our Chivas fans. At least I'll ask the one who actually watched the game. <laughs> one is—is—is is, is, has Chivas turned the corner, or is this just a, a, a two or three-game bubble, and then they're going to go back to being Chivas again?
6: No, I, I. You know what, John? To be honest, I mean I've watched them the whole season. Um, <laughs> And they pretty much play the same way. Yeah, they they retooled a few players as far as uh, playing them in different positions. But the the only thing that has been lacking was uh was first was the uh, the finishing because you know they had the plenty of possession and they were creating lots of chances. I'm sure Jolie's is gonna disagree. Uh, but a perfect example is uh you know the Clasico Nacional against America. They they created they, they look like the better team on the field, which is probably one of the reasons Ronnie's uh you know, he's still not happy with the way his team's playing. And uh and I think that's the the big difference. And of course some players they're coming back from injury. Uh I think it's uh Pereira was one of the ones, so that definitely helped on the defensive end because they were playing uh, uh what's this guy's name, Edgardo Marin, I think is his name. Uh Jolie, you might remember his name. Uh and he was making even, a lot of
5: I don't even see the games, dude.
6: Oh well, yeah. They, they
0: yeah, had a oil is in a self imposed boycott. Yeah, that's right. So they had this guy,
6: and then also they they sent uh, uh, Tonyo Rodriguez to the bench in favor of, of Cota, who's made uh, less mistakes. Maybe he's he doesn't have a you know he's older. He doesn't have the upside that that, that Rodriguez has, but so far, it, you know, this guy's paid off. Uh, not making any.
0: Well, it looks like the strength of the team, at least in the games that I've seen, has been. You know, the, the the midfield has gotten better, but the wingers have really improved and that has kind of taken the pressure off of a lot of people. Uh, you know, namely Suela and then of course uh the guy whose name is Escape him on the other side. But but it seems like they're they're the ones that are really starting to um uh, help out. And then they got the young uh striker who got the goal last week whose uh whose name is eluding me at the moment right now as well. Saldivar. Yeah, Saldivar
6: and the winger is uh, Cisneros, the guy you're talking about.
0: Cisneros, thank you. Yeah, so he, he and Conejito have done really well over the past few games. I mean, they've really – I know that they gave Puma. they both gave Pumas fits. Uh, and I think that you know, may, maybe that's what uh, Almeida wants – you know, as, as, as Vergara put it before, he went off the deep end and and, and and went ahead and placed Chivas in the final after beating Pumas last week 4-1, to said – that David P says, you know, they've been playing that like this whole season. It's just now, we're finally put it into the net, which, frankly, I don't necessarily believe. But it does look like there are a certain group of players that are that are getting hot, that are that are helping them quite a bit. And like I said, you know, a team like Chivas, you know, they're in eighth place right now. They win a couple more games, and that that's going to put them in a much better position for the vigia. And you know, who knows? Maybe uh, the, 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 this is the uh, a team that certainly can. Can can do some damage now. The question is, Juan, Joel, and for you neutrals and haters, is it sustainable?
6: Jolie, you go first.
0: <laughs> no,
6: All right.
5: I, I think it remains to be seen. Uh, what's interesting is that Chivas is gonna go up against after the Atlas game. They're going up against the three teams that they lost to last season, which kind of put them on that funk. Um so so I guess that's going to be the test and and some of those teams have been doing pretty good uh Dorados and um and
0: well, Dorados, um Dorados I mean they're they're down to their last fingernail. I mean they're
5: Yeah, didn't they win their last game though?
0: Yeah, but they're you know at that point they're probably going to be playing for pride. Yeah, yeah. They're,
3: they're closing out on a week schedule, I think. They're playing Dorados, they're playing Pachuca. Atlas isn't what they used to be.
5: Yeah, but but if you see the games, they have been beating Chivas like every time they face.
0: Soundly is what you're saying?
3: I think, they, I think yeah, they've them.
5: been... And, uh,
0: might, might take them.
5: was yeah. playing Santos, too, who they lost. They lost, uh, you know, they've been losing to Santos, too. And then and Pachuca, who is, is another one of the teams that's been... On, uh,
0: so, Joens, out of these good. next four or five games that Chivas has, if they, if they, if they come out with ten points... I'm just running that number. If they about out with 10 points out of those games. Is that going to be enough for you? Well, I,
5: I that think that the chocolate game, the tapatio, the, the, the clásico, that, that's going to be key for Chivas. If they could win that one, they could, they could use that to sneak in there.
3: I think they'll get seven points, six or seven.
1: I want, I want doing. to, I want
0: to get a haters' perspective, Ronnie. <laughs> Chivas. <laughs> Bubble bursting, or is this going to be sustainable? And I, and, I, and I ask you, honest. I'm sure you'll give me your honest assessment.
4: Uh, I think they're just a the flavor of the month right now. They're going to go back to their old to their ways of, uh, you know, of just really crapping, you know, crapping it out. I mean, three games, th- three games, four games. It doesn't change what guy has been doing for the last couple of years.
0: Well you know, they always say that, you know, once is lucky, you know, twice okay, but three times is a trend. I mean I know that you uh maybe your your perspective is a little skewed, I'll just say, but but Chivas's defense has been one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. So if they get their offense going, they they might be somebody to look out for. You know, maybe, maybe uh a team that plays in Mexico City that might overlook them.
4: Not, you know I what? Know
0: who, I don't know who it could be.
4: Not my first rodeo. Uh, you know, I, it, it's it's like chivas right now is going to be the flavor of the month, and then reality is going to sit back.
0: You know. So you're saying, go ahead, boys. Do you feel that pinch? The dream is over. This well, I mean, is cool, just
4: well, keep in mind. Cool. Keep. keep Keep in mind, they made the play. Well, they they made the playoffs, you know,
0: last season.
4: Last season, and, and, and like, oh my god, like everything, like you know, Copa, they M- embarrassed last. Okay, after Copa Mekis, right? You know, back to reality. After the playoffs, back to reality. You know, it's I don't I don't see them really being consistent for the
1: long haul.
6: Keep right. keep in mind they they signed uh, Orbelin Pineda and and Gullit. Uh, before the beginning of this season. They lost Fabian, so uh and
0: uh yeah I think they got an upgrade when they got Pineda over Fabian to be honest with you. I love Fabian, don't get me wrong. I think that he in in my opinion had the tools to be the next Qualtemok. I really did believe that.
6: Well he had but, the borracho part down.
0: Well yeah. I mean he had the whole party bit, everything. But he just uh he couldn't he couldn't keep it together on the field. I think Personally, I think Pineda is a great player. I think that he has a very bright future. I that was a, a, a very good move on their part. Now, I'd like to hear uh, 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 just a pure neutral perspective, not a hater's perspective. So, uh, Daniel, you've seen Chivas over these past few weeks. Do you again, I ask you, is this a mirage or is, is Chivas really turned the corner to the point where maybe their fans can can stop taking the paper bags off their fa- off their heads?
2: I think they got a. Legitimate chance of getting in the Liga, and once they're there, then anything can happen. Uh, I think they're playing really pretty soccer lately, so I, I think they're absolutely capable of beating anybody. Uh, how sustainable it is? I mean, whether it's gonna are they gonna not are they gonna avoid relegation next season without without uh, breaking a sweat? I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far, but I think they definitely have a chance this uh, for this uh, this season.
0: Now, who do you think makes a more impressive fashion statement, skinny jeans or Almeidas mullet?
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say Almeidas mullet because uh, the pants are just um they're just too tight.
0: They are. They're. When you watch a Santos like game, them. it's almost they almost have to rate it TVMA because of how tight the guy's jeans are. I mean, it really is. It's. it's... Uh, does it no, draw your eye wrong. to his package? It, I'm not going to say if it does or it doesn't.
5: I wonder if those do. are his car keys. What's going?
0: On? We can appreciate his form. Is that a roll of certs?
2: <laughs> you still want to show me
1: your cucumber?
0: I mean, it, it really thing, is. It's, it's not really even necessary drawing. at that point. Yeah. yeah. I suppose not. <laughs> well, I'll give you all uh, my take, not that it matters one way or the other, but I do think that this is... a. Uh, a uh, Chivas team that might be might be starting to turn the corner. As Juan mentioned, they've got some injured players back. The, the, I think they actually made some decent signings with uh, Orbelin, and I think Kulit is starting to play a little bit better, starting to feel, feel more in his comfort zone. I think they needed to kind of, you know, the, I think the benching helped him a lot, kind of let him catch up to what was happening, and. Time will tell, but I do think, like, to me, the, the big thing for Chivas is if they make the playoffs this time, they have to be able to carry it over in the Apertura coming up this summer, because if they don't, then they're going to be right back where they were in another Descenso fight, and that's the last thing that, uh, Chivas and their fans need. Because this is what, like, the, what the, is this what the sixth or seventh year that Chivas has had to deal with the Descenso? Or is it the 10th? Or is it the 15th? I forget. They've been in there a while. Ronnie, do you remember how many years Chivas has had to deal with this in the Central? I mean, since, since I mean, 2013. been their fourth year. Their fourth year of the Central. Since, since 2013, 2014. I thought it was like 2009, maybe 2008.
4: I ate this for a while, but then I really? got it. like 1994. And, and then I resurfaced, you know, by trolling, you know, the boards. You know, <laughs> in fact, uh, hold on. In fact, let me. When it when did River Plate get relegated? Uh,
0: 2000. When did it get relegated? At uh, River Plate in Argentina, Uh 2013. Oh, when Argentina wanted to change the rules so they wouldn't be relegated.
4: <laughs> no, but I I remember I remember making you know asking people because you know I I hate I hate when Mexican fans copy Argentine chants, you know the, you know stuff like that you know I, I just think that's very unoriginal when you're just you know copying other people's chants, but. But I did like the chant that the that the Boca fans were using on River, like you know the cime, que se siente estar jugando en la ve, you know that that chant. And like that, I would make an exception to that
6: if you know Chivas was relegated.
0: Isn't that uh, Almeida's big claim to fame? Is that he brought River back?
6: And uh... uh, Benfica also, I think.
1: Who?
0: Uh,
6: Benfica. And uh no not uh Banfield, I'm sorry.
4: Banfield.
0: Oh yeah, because La Volpe ruined them too. <laughs> and then Almeida had to come and clean it up. So Did yeah, Banfield have a Podologa too?
1: Well yeah,
4: I mean they they've been I mean they've been struggling since basically the river you know, River Plate, you know, when they were suffering that relegation. You know? Uh,
0: so I mean they've been
4: they've been at it for a while.
0: And how did that song go again, Ronnie?
4: I forget I don't remember it all, but I, I, it's really funny,
0: dude. It's, I it's feel so
4: like funny. I'm on
0: American Idol. Wow. Uh,
4: <laughs> can you can you play the soundbite for it?
0: Of them singing,
4: yeah. Can you,
0: can you I only it? have one. Song. I have the song. That's the only but, song I have.
4: There. But, but the thing about it is, I mean, if Chivas, if Shivas does get relegated, which I hope they do, I just, I just want to troll. Um, I would, I would want that. To be sung, you know, but rather than saying decime, I would just say, you know, just say dime, because we don't say decime in Mexico.
0: But you would say, dime,
4: dime, dime. Dime, que se siente. You know, that would be cool. Did you, right. I mean, did you guys ever see that uh, that clip of that uh, Argentine fan, River Plate fan, El Tano Pazman? I did not. Where he just yeah. loses it, where he loses it. I mean, he's just,
0: la concha de tu madre.
4: You know he's just losing it, you know when, you know the river basically gets relegated.
0: all I remember about river being relegated is that the i don't know if it was their front office or even Argentina's the afa were trying desperately to change the rules so that they wouldn't drop. I do remember that, which frankly I thought what would happen if uh if i if I, cause America was in the not too long ago, they also were flirting with.
4: Yeah, but not not to the point where they're last or like you know second to last. They were like in the fifteen, you know, fifteen, fourteen.
5: They weren't. They weren't. I mean, they oh, weren't.
0: So embodied. they were only third to last. I mean, it's okay. I, if
5: third I, to last. At this point, I would like to point out Chivas has never finished last. So in in a, if we had direct real relegation, we wouldn't be in trouble.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> so I think the consensus here is let's watch and wait. There's there's no reason except for maybe they hardcore Chivas fans to believe that that they're out of their I don't know five year funk and maybe they can possibly contend for winning the is it their thirteenth title? Is that what they're working on? Thirteen? Is that right? 13th it's floor. every
5: 10 years, so I forget already, John. Yeah,
0: right. So they're
6: due this year.
0: They're due. They, they are due. Be. They
5: are due this year. You're
0: absolutely right.
6: And, you know, Ronnie was talking about uh, the RGs, uh, the Mexicans, the Mexican fans uh, copying the Ar- Argentine fans. But, uh, you know, when Chivas, uh, when they beat Boca Boca Juniors 4-0, it was actually uh, River Plate took a page out of the Mexican fans, and they, they were playing, uh, uh, was that Celito uh, Lindo in their stadium is what I heard. uh the, at the next game.
0: That is fantastic, but I will be honest, when Argentina being Mexico in the World Cup and Univision was in some restaurant in Miami, that, that's what the Argentina fans were singing, and it, I'm not going to lie, it ticked me off. That was mad.
6: <laughs> Did you punch anybody, John? Start any brawls?
0: No, but my wife made me go see Nacho Libre that night, and oh. the, the whole night, <laughs> I, I was, my arms were crossed, you know, I just—I refused to laugh. I was just—I was, was pouting. Just, yeah. I was—I was in a major pout mode. There's no question. My lip was hanging. I only had like four beers. Oh.
3: I got it, man. Who who's playing that? What's that? I got the I got that clip.
1: All
3: right. Is that, are you playing it? I'm not you playing. it.
1: it.
4: Basically the same, uh, River recime que se siente haber jugado el Nacional, second division Te juro que aunque pasen los años nunca lo vamos a olvidar. Te fuiste a la B, que el Monumental, esa mu- esa mancha no se borra nunca más. Che gallina sos cagón, le pegaste a un jugador que cobardes los
5: borrachos del tablón.
0: It's like we're at a poetry reading. Thank you, thank you, Ronnie, for that.
5: That's that's the that's one of their main support group, uh, borrachos del tablón.
1: Yes.
5: And uh, those are the ones that uh, Atlas, the Barra 51, they went they went over there to to get some training on, on being hooligans.
3: There's some better luck for you. Okay.
4: I I've been just waiting. I've been waiting <laughs> to sing that one. You're like, gonna keep waiting, Ronnie.
5: <laughs>
0: you'll have to. you have to sing it for Dorados fan.
5: Let me dream, Jesus Christ. Don't ruin my you, dreams. You, it came. It came very close.
1: Yeah,
5: I mean, Dorados would have. <laughs> if, if they would have had their current coach, I think would have been. It would have been something else. Because that's. You, that's the one. Was, Huh?
4: You know who was on that uh River team that got uh, relegated? Almeida. Uh
5: one? Oh Almeida was in that team too. He was yeah. it was his last it was his last year as a coach. I mean as a player. Yeah.
0: So my question is why you, did Vergara bring him thinking that he was like some sort of
5: Vergara didn't bring him when when uh when he entered, when when he got interviewed he was calling him Martin. <laughs> he didn't even that, know his name.
6: That wasn't the first cho- first choice uh, coach that they wanted to bring in. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, uh, actually I don't remember anymore. But Tolo Gallego was was one of the choices. I think Bielsa was another. There was like he, so he was like the fifth choice guy. But uh, you know, to be honest, I think it's they've done well sticking with him. But well, we'll see what happens uh, after the summer.
0: <laughs> you know, it's too bad that Fernando hasn't. Uh, well, I guess we haven't uh, co- uh, conjured up. The spelling, but uh, that was uh, kind of leading to our next topic, and a topic that I didn't mention at the top of the show, but we do want to discuss. But,
4: uh, hold on, before uh, before we go, uh, another funny thing that the, the Boca, you know, fans did to, to River fans was uh, last year at the uh, at the Libertadores was uh, that drone. They flew in that drone with the uh, the ghost of the bee, you know,
3: the, of the you remember that. Yeah, that was awesome.
4: That that was that. It was hovering went... right
3: above the players. But <laughs> yes, all, love it. The bad thing about that? Was I love it. Those those savages were were soldering out a hole in the fence to throw a smoke bomb. <laughs> and...
0: were, were they the same ones that sprayed the book up players, with, <laughs> no, the with, players
4: with the river players with uh, pepper
0: spray? River <laughs> yeah. players with pepper spray. Yeah. It yeah. Was
3: pe- I don't know if it was pepper spray or like a smoke bomb that just flushed. No, them it up. was it
4: was it was, a, it, was a, it was a pepper. It was like a like a pepper spray. You know, but uh, what was hilarious was the drone that they, you know,
3: and the drone. And it got pretty low too. It was like right above their heads, following them around.
4: (laughs) Following them around with that B, you know, for the for the for the second division, reminding them that they were in the second division. I mean, that's what that's what I. I mean, that's the sort of trolling that I want with Furchivas. You know, I I think I I've been a good guy. I I followed the rules. I need that, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, to... man. <laughs> Not too much to add.
0: <laughs> so, what would you do? Use that uh, that really ugly Liga Ascenso logo, and you like burn it in the grass at the Omni Life.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I don't know. But...
6: Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. You, th- you think if Chivas uh, plays América again, that the refs are gonna help help again?
4: Uh, we don't need help like that anymore. That's,
6: a, that's the only way that uh, America has
4: a chance, dude. <laughs> well, just of and
0: see. <laughs>
3: I thought they won fair.
0: <sighs> well, this again, always with the refs. By the way, can 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 we finally put to bed the notion that Mexican refs are, are terrible and the rest of the world, is, especially Europe, are fantastic? After the refereeing we've seen in the Champions League over the. Not just yesterday and today, but last week as well. Referees make mistakes, and they make them all over the world. It just—it's just part of the game. It is what it is. Okay.
6: We need to clone that guy uh, in England. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Howard Webb. Was, yeah, exactly. Howard Webb. Bring him over here. Manchester, Manchester us- United
0: fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, like I said, mentioned uh, it was a perfect segue for a topic that that Fernando had had brought up earlier in the week in our weekly, I'll just call it our week-long production meeting because uh, we do touch on some very interesting subjects, about the fact that maybe Liga and uh, foreigners are held to a different standard than the local players or local coaches, that maybe there's more pressure on them to produce, and if they don't produce, then maybe their heads uh, get uh, rolled on a more frequent basis or a quicker time period than the local guys. I personally don't believe that. I think that because of the fact that Mexico's been an importer's league as long as I've been watching it since the 70s, that they're not going to care one way or the other, whether it's a foreigner or a Mexican or whatever. That's just my own personal opinion. Others might think, differently, because I've seen foreigners, Mexicans, whatever, not that, whatever it is, get treated pretty much the same way, because of one reason and one reason only, if they don't win, it's time for them to go. And Although I have to admit, I've been very surprised, have we even had a coach get fired in this Clausura? Uh, I don't think we have. coach. Oh, that's right, we did have one, so Guadalupe Cruz got a punch in his punch card. So and was uh, what, what's his name?
4: 13. BC, but although he didn't get fired, he went... Uh, he went to Chile. No, what's his name? The guy from Santos, what's his name? Uh, I oh, he got to...
0: fired too, that's right. So uh, we Santos,
4: yeah, Santos. The, the Portuguese guy? Yeah. No, no,
0: the Spaniard. Spaniard. Was the,
4: oh, the, right. Span- the Spaniard.
0: Who's now at Valencia, if I'm not mistaken. I
4: know, what, Say, uh, Yeah. I'm sorry, wasn't Valencia.
0: The, Valencia, was, Valencia. Was, sorry about wasn't that. Wasn't coach also... Uh,
6: I know they changed them before the season. Uh, is it still the same guy there?
0: Who's that? Hey, Beto. Uh, Beto. The guy at
6: Atlas. Beto.
0: No, no, maybe. I think mean, Matosas was their coach too, right? So they probably fired him. Yeah. Okay. So I take it back. There's been plenty of firings. It's it's business as usual. So no, I the Atlas uh,
5: coach started the season. It's, it's the same guy.
0: Gustavo Matosas. Well, Matosas got fired at some point, but then they brought him Well, whatever, it is, whatever the case may be. So, so my it was point before is the that,
6: before the season. So I guess your your point still stands,
0: right? But my my point is, is that whether you're a foreigner or a Mexican coach, player, coach, whatever it is, the pressure is always going to be the same because you need to win and you need to win now. And those that don't have consequences. Do y'all agree or disagree?
3: But the expectations many, uh, for a for a foreign coach are higher. You know what? How many times have uh, Mexican coaches been recycled? Memo Vasquez. Uh,
6: Memo
0: uh, only Cruz, two Two holes in his punch card. He's only been Cruz Azul at Pumas. Now, he's been at Pumas several times. I'm not going to lie. But, <laughs> but he's only been... But, you know, he's, he hasn't made the rounds like like some of the other guys. I mean, Profe Cruz, he has... He could probably get a free sandwich at Subway with all the punch cards he has. <laughs> And uh, uh Luis Alfredo Tena is the same way. I mean, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if if you look at his Wikipedia, he's probably played or coached on ten or maybe, uh, probably up to fifteen teams, and some that were probably in the ascenso, which you get a bonus for if you coach the team that's now the ascenso.
6: Chelis. You know all those guys they've they've been they've been around.
0: Right. Travieso Guzmán is another one who and Benjamin Galindo. It's uh. So do you think the do you, so the expectations are higher? Is that what you say, Chiquis? For a foreign yeah. Coach?
3: When when they bring in Almeida, or any other, mostly like a new, new like, even the the America coach that won. What was the guy's name? Even those guys that come in, you, you, the expectations are higher that they're gonna they're gonna do something. Almeida comes in, and he wins Copa MX. But then he starts losing. Uh, I thought he was going to be out of there, but I think the expectations overall, even for players, is that a foreigner is going to bring in from Argentina, uh, you know, the great knowledge, the great, from, they're great players from Argentina, from wherever country they're from, bring it to Mexico and elevate Mexico's lower level uh, of play, of style, whatever. And I think you said it in the chat, the, it sort of goes to the inferiority complex that there might be, uh, and that that might be some truth behind that. But I just think that it's more of look at these guys from Argentina who have such great football, and they're bringing here to to Mexico. So that's my view on it.
6: You know, I think so, if you if I'm sorry no, if, if you no, bring in a if you bring in a foreign coach, you want to bring in like new ideas. I know, uh, you know, we're very especially on the podcast some of the guys on here we're very conservative we don't like to see something new you know different type of commentary but i think if if you're gonna go outside the league you want to bring in fresh ideas like you know what's the point of bringing in a coach that has the same playing style as a chepo as a busetich you know or you know you want to bring a guy with fresh ideas and i think that's why to me you know like for example i i made a perfect perfect example hans westerhoff uh you know those type of guys. Even even to a certain extent, uh,
0: Sorry, that just guy. Try to, just trying yeah, to conjure up.
5: <laughs> but, but you know what?
6: <laughs> Almeida
5: wasn't brought in because of fresh ideas. He's he's pretty new as a coach.
6: No, but his his style was known. He's known he's a, as a. Fiesta he's not disciple. really inv-
5: you know he's he's not really doing anything that's well, like. Now let me ask you. One.
6: Jolie. Uh, I know the, the biggest uh, international accompli- accompli- accomplishment for any club uh, team is, uh, ne- is uh, Raul Arias with Necaxa, where he beat Madrid in the what was it? What was it called before the, the Club World Cup? But the-, the
0: Toyota Cup.
6: Yeah. So now, would you rather you know bunker your way to that type of win, or would you rather you know have the possibility of a Matias Almeida? Uh, well, it know, depends
5: the team. It depends the squad you have.
6: Right, but. This guy, he took the same squad that a that, uh, previous coach has, and I don't want to make the comparison other than the different playing style, the you know the way the, the product on the field looks.
5: Well, he hasn't done anything yet. So, I mean, unless he wins, I'm going to give hey, him credit. Hey, but if, hey, hey,
4: look, as far as the Mexican coaches, the Mexican coaches have outperformed the, the foreign coaches. Uh, I mean, going back I – mean,
6: You're counting Tuca
4: no, no. Well, look, well, okay. Copa Libert- Copa Copa Sudamericana, it was what do you call it, uh, el, el, el ojitos mesa. Um, you know, the you know when they went to Cruz Azul, went to the final, it was Tena. Uh, when the when America went to the semifinals in in 2000, it was also it was Tena's brother. What's his name? Uh, Capitan Furia.
5: Wait, uh, wait, huh? I think uh, Joanne needs to answer this one. Who who took Chivas to the Libertadores final? We
6: we already know, Jolie. I know, I know where I you're going with this. I to hear you it, say
5: it, though.
6: It, it was my Bravo, dude. Okay. <laughs>
4: but no, but, but even speaking with, and even in, two, in 2005, when Chivas, they, and I hate to say it, but they played some really damn good football Uh, in the Libertadores. Under Freddy Protis? Galindo. And it was Galindo, exact, exactly. Was and
0: Hugo took. Pumas to the South American final 2005. Oh yeah, Miguel España playing some beautiful football. Oh, that's right. It was Miguel España, wasn't it? But was, it
4: was still Hugo Sanchez. You know, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was his Miguel seal. Espana. It was still his seal, but but you know what? 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 what I'm <laughs> yeah,
6: saying this is, is like uh, we can attribute uh, Jose Luis Real taking the Chivas team to the final and say, "Hey, it was Efrain Flores' the squad," because you know.
0: <laughs> so when is uh? Real going to get rehired by Chivas?
5: I don't think... I think he's going to Adla. Oh,
1: hey, yeah.
4: He yeah. Hey, speaking of... Speaking of, Hugo, Brita, huh? hey, speaking of Hugo Sanchez, have you noticed that most of... The, a lot of that team, you know, that Hugo had, his players aren't going into coaching, but they're going into broadcasting. You had Kikin Fonseca. You have uh, uh, Mariano Trujillo. You have uh, El Gonzo uh, mm-hmm. in Univision. What's his name? No, Pineda. Pineda, Gonzalo Pineda. Hey,
5: what happened to his nephew? Who? Horacio.
6: Horacio? I don't know. You think they're being blackballed out of coaching? Well,
5: you know what?
4: Come to think of it, the last I heard with Horacio, he had a falling out with his his, uncle, Hugo. Muy triste, ¿no? Muy triste, ¿no?
6: Yep. (laughs) Muy triste, (laughs) ¿no?
3: He thought that was John. <laughs> Okay, so
0: the thing that I find interesting, and and, and it seems like you guys feel that the opposite is happening that the, that the foreign coach gets more rope, that the Mexican coach is the one that's under more pressure to perform. Now, I did a little, as Hector Huerta calls it, un ejercicio periodístico earlier today, and out of the 18 coaches that are, that are currently in the league right now, there are eight Mexican coaches and ten foreign coaches. Out of the eight Mexican coaches, all of them have won a title as a coach except two. And that'd be Tomas Boy and. Ugh. Uh, Ambris. And Nacho, right, Nacho Ambris. Thank you. And then no, out of the. Out no, of the no, thank uh, you
4: for reminding me of that one.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, Nacho. Well, you know, he hasn't. <laughs> he'll get his chance. And then out of the ten foreign coaches, only four have won titles. And each one of those guys was a player in Mexico before they were a coach.
4: Did they they debut their coaching in Mexico as well?
0: They did. They did. They all debuted as coaches. It was was, uh, Reynoso, Tuca, La Volpe, uh, Volpe, and uh, the other cat whose uh, name is eluding me at the moment.
4: No, Turco, Turco, did, did Turco. did did he debut in Mexico?
0: Oh, he didn't debut as a coach in Mexico, but he did play here.
1: Yes. John.
0: Yes.
2: Just to mention, I think Ashinia should be mentioned on that list, even though he's I'm even but 'cause he left though he decided not to
6: stay, sure, so I mean you're kind of like
2: well so have a to the
0: guys right now, the guys that are currently coaching teams
6: hey you you you're not going to count the uh, promoting two teams for, from the lower flight to to first um, division to top flight
0: talking about the eighteen guys right now I don't so count, my, the current my, coaches.
6: Yeah, Matias Almeida.
0: Could part
2: he, of it be, though, John, that th- that the, the current Mexican coaches that are there have been there for so long that like it's just like a matter of turning the wheel enough times that you're bound to to, to get one at some point if you stick it if you stick around long enough.
0: Well, I think what what it goes back to is uh, something that we heard when Javier Aguirre was uh, was uh, in his second go round on the national team when they asked Carlos Vela. You know why is it so important for for the Mexican national team to have a coach? as well? I don't know what it is. We have a you know maybe there's something mystical about the way Mexicans are that only a Mexican can decipher it, which is hilarious. But maybe maybe there's some truth to that. Now obviously it has something to do with the fact that that they probably understand the league a little bit more and understand the fact that in this league, in you know in a three week period, you're playing in a rainforest, you're playing in a desert, and you're playing up high in the mountains, and and, and what other league is that going to happen?
3: Yeah, how important is it that a coach coming in, like, say, Almeida, know who America is or know who Pachuca is and their youth player? You
0: know, or, honestly, I don't know if anyone outside of Mexico knows who America is.
3: Yeah, so, so
6: when he yeah. comes in, maybe like, Landon Donovan, since he was going to sign for them at one point, but that's about it.
3: Almeida. Yeah, but I think
0: that he thought he was going to sign for Atletico Español. Yeah. When- <laughs>
3: Yeah, these guys might come in with new ideas, but they don't know who their opponents are. They don't know the style of play of each opponent, whereas... For
0: uh, the style of, of the, the coaches. I mean, a lot of these guys, I mean, let's face it, you know, like like Tuca knows you know, who the La Puentistas are, who the La Volpistas are, and who are the, the Dutch guys, and et cetera. Now, one thing that I found really interesting, and I didn't know this, and maybe Ronnie can shed some light, was in that list that he uh, shared with us earlier today a lot of the coaches in 50s and 60s that were the foreign coaches that won were are were mostly hungarian and it just you know makes me sad to think that back then hungary was the the center of the football universe with their fantastic national team obviously they had a lot of influence outside of the country with i'm sure the mexico wasn't the only country that had a lot of hungarian coaches and it just goes to show you that that that, that 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 schools and philosophies and thoughts come and go, but uh, I mean the, the 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 coach that won Pumas' first title was a Hungarian, which I which I did not know. I thought it was for the longest time I was thought it was Bora, but it turned out it was a Hungarian guy. So Ronnie, was there a reason why there were so many Hungarians in Mexico? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. You do know?
4: Yes. Why
0: well, are you going to share it with us, or are you going to keep it to yourself?
4: no uh it's uh because the because what happened was that you know back in the forties well, actually back in the uh with the uh, Bolsheviks when they were feeling the burn and decided to you know become communist once they started living in the <laughs> communist uh once they once they felt the burn, uh, I thought you were talking it. about the w w f for a second that was like the Bolsheviks <laughs> <laughs> no no but no uh, meaning that uh the the, the the real reason that they, a lot of uh, people from Yugoslavia and the Hungarians that they left and they went to Mexico was because uh, because they wanted to leave uh, oppressive regimes. And that is the
0: real reason.
6: Hey, that explains why Angel Reina hasn't gone back to America.
0: America. Why is that?
6: Uh, you mentioned oppressive regimes. But, uh, you know, John... I wanted to make was uh, you guys recall uh, there's a coach uh, in Mexico uh, when uh, Team Cruyff was uh, at Chivas and uh, this guy he went on a rant that uh, Mexicans uh you know they buy into espejitos that uh, Chivas got sold espejitos that we you know we, we just buy
5: uh, any BS was it Talaos?
0: Talaos? no it was was it Van Skip
6: yeah Van Chips Van Chips Johan Van Chips.
5: No, no, no! The, the Mexican coach coined on a rant.
6: Oh, okay. I'll tell you who it was. <clears throat> he's the same guy that ended up uh, choking in 2014 uh, at the World Cup. Choking you? No, no. Choking with the national team. Oh. He was at Blue America. Did he say that
0: he choked?
6: Yeah, I think he choked. I think he didn't. He didn't have any ideas. Lack of ideas. Well, is. No,
4: Piojo sin, sin, was protecting the lead with forty minutes to get, uh, with forty minutes to go in the game. He I took uh, he
6: took the bait from Van Gogh.
4: He, uh, no, he that that was Piojo Sin. That was his sin. It was you know there's a you know I understand you know the you know the need to protect you know a, a score. Like for example, take take the Champions League game between Atleti and, and Barca today.
6: And you know that's a very widespread tactic uh, inside the Mexican league. Instead of pushing for more goals, when you have uh, the team on the uh, the opposition team on the ropes, you sit back on your lead, and you know sometimes that ends up backfiring. And at the international level. You know that's what well, ended up happening. You know, well, i
4: don't my Piojo
0: doing you, that. You
4: because... see that, you see that in Liga. Sorry, John, you see that in Ligia. You don't really see that in in, in the actual you know league itself. In fact, you know, that's one of the you know one of the things, the compliments that uh, Juanma Lilo basically said over there to uh, the Argentine newspaper Clarín was where you know the, one of the things you know that the Mexican team to do is that you know they try to always score one more goal than your opponent. Um, now you're right. I mean, they're, like for example, last year, you know, Duka, you know, that that whole final was crazy because I mean they won three nothing, and then they go back and since you know from minute one, Duka basically defending a three a three goal lead as opposed to, you know, playing a little bit more. I understand conservative, but at least still playing to win as opposed to playing not to lose.
3: There, there's a difference though. Between like the Barcelona game today, when you're an inferior team, and even Mexico, Netherlands, when you're an inferior team, there's no choice sometimes because the often the teams that's down, it's Holland or Barcelona, they're going to come out and attack. So but right. but I, 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 don't, I, don't
4: I, I don't think Mexico is an inferior team to Holland.
3: Well,. In, in, in name. Maybe. They
4: had
0: inferior but, personnel of that I,
4: th- I don't care about the names. You know, the, well, the they, smart, tactical. Tactical. tactically speaking, the Mexican players up to part with, with the Dutch players. Tactically speaking. And technically, you mean, technically,
0: in that game, Mexico's midfield fell apart because they got way too tired. And, and every time Mexico would dispossess the Dutch and try and get a counterattack going, they just couldn't, because they couldn't string three passes together. That was the big problem. Now Pio, uh, Piojo's hand was a little forced because he had to replace guys with injury with his changes, namely Moreno. But to me, the the the, the, the big sin of that game was the fact that both Herrera and Guardado were completely gassed. The, those boys couldn't run five yards, much less three. They were they had they had nothing. They were absolutely tanked. They couldn't. Also,
5: Van Gaal has admitted that he. He benefited from the water break. Of course, he did. To to readjust tactics, and he he's, he was open about that. So that that's, I, why you know, wanted, that's why he wanted. That's
6: why wanted him. Yeah. And what did Pio do during uh what adjustments did Piojo do when his guys retired? He was filming commercials.
0: he was filming commercials.
3: Sometimes you can't you can't help it, but in in Liga MX the the level of play level of teams are sort of even. So you can withstand uh, um, an offensive team attacking you and then not just bunker. If,
0: if if, like if that. I were Piojo and I had to do it over again, knowing that Gallito was suspended, I never would have put Salcido as the as the, as the midfielder. Although he played decently, I would have moved Rafa up and either put Salcido in the back or started with Reyes and Moreno and put Rafa in the middle. That's what I would have done.
6: And start
3: Cheech. Possibly. Oh, dude, this Copa MX game pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Veracruz, for you folks that are watching, just went up to one on Necaxa. Rayos los Electricistas. Is this a final? Yeah, it's a big final. The stadium's packed. There's no, no. no we were
4: saying? Is, is it a one-off or is it a, Oh, it's a
0: one-off. It is. It is. It is the biggest game today. Uh, the you know, biggest I, game in the world today.
4: You know what? Let me go turn it on. Let me go. This this, this game. Team,
0: is just overpowers whatever inferior soccer we saw earlier this afternoon. There's no. Oh, point. by the
4: by the way, um, coming back to the question that you asked me about, you know, you a lot of the coaches from uh, Yugoslavia, you know, the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, there was yeah actually, but I'm
0: they're typically talking about Hungary, but go ahead.
4: Well, just you know, just the Eastern Bloc in general. Uh, Mexico actually, Mexico has actually benefited a lot from. From political civil war revolutionaries from other countries, like you know in the thirties when you know the whole spanish civil war was going on a lot of a lot of uh Spanish went into Mexico, same thing with you know Amer- argentina's dirty war you know and obviously the uh, you know the communists over there um uh that's why Bora
0: ended up in
6: in mexico is that, is that Guinaca ended up at tigres he was fleeing uh no the uh
0: he was fleeing think, the oppressive French regime no he was
4: he was freeing the paparazzi, I think I think he just so, needed a, a the reason of... I was
0: wondering about Hungary was because you know for you folks that don't know back post war up until about i guess the mid fifties, the Hungarian national team was the Brazil of the time. they were the dominant national team, and they they had won the Olympics handily several times. They were the odds-on favorite to win the 54 World Cup. They made the final. They, uh, I guess, put their name on the map when they 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 destroyed England in a friendly, like eight to three, just crushed. Puskas. Puskas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Puskas. There's even a
6: move after named after Puskas. Well, is it,
0: is it the Puskas?
6: Yeah, the Puskas move. No, no, but it might hey, be uh, a couple. and he was a like Pus- Gordito, too,
0: which, which gives I, I, hope Speaking to all of Puskas, speaking of ski.
4: Pus- Speaking of Puskas, he actually played in Mexico, and there were actually it hit the, the deal didn't go through, but he almost stayed in Mexico uh, rather than going to, to 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 play in Spain.
0: He was going to play for Unión de Curtidores. Actually, I don't
4: uh, know I'd have to check. I'd <laughs> have to check again, but I know that
0: with know, Atlético Celaya.
4: No, nah, he probably would have gone to one of the Spanish clubs, like you know, like uh,
0: Asturias, you know, or...
4: Asturias or something like that. But I know, I know that he played in Mexico, and I remember, you know, remember reading they were back in the uh, in late '40s, early '50s, if I recall correctly.
0: Right. yep no, but he was he was the dominant player at the time. The Hungarian school obviously was very prevalent, as we see looking at the list of the, all the hungarian coaches that won titles for mexico mexican clubs in the early late 50s early 60s but
4: Ar- Ar- said, Ar- 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 and you know, in the yugoslavians like you know what's his name bora and, yeah
0: it's very uh, very interesting and then hungary hungary loses the world cup final 3 to 2 to west germany the west germans come from behind and sadly, it was the last. It was the last we've heard from Hungary on the world stage. It Was that devastating loss in that final, and they just have never been the same since. And I remember, uh, I guess in the after the 2010 World Cup, Martín wrote an article in Medio Tiempo saying that, that that the same fate was happening to Italy. And then, of course, they make the final in the Eurocopa two years later. And I reminded Martín by I saying, I "Remember what you wrote, Italy off?" He goes, "Yeah." He says, "I regret it. I regret it every day." After seeing Italy make the final. Okay, well, so it seems like you guys, like me, all agree that that there's more pressure on the Mexicans than on the foreigners in Liga Mex.
4: And that and that's wrong. It should be the other way.
0: You think it should be more pressure on the foreigners and not the Mexicans?
4: Well, you, you know, remember, and I know I've mentioned this before, but remember what Hugo Sanchez said on his upon his arrival to Spain.
0: Uh was it? estoy avergonzado. He said <laughs> I
4: here to learn. Yes, exactly. I'm sure that it was just he was just saying, you know, just a, a cliche, you know, response that you know, like, you know, he he'll just, you know, he just, you know, he's he's there to, you know, to learn, help out the team. You know, those those type of like, you know, you know, clichés. Is
1: that and what then,
5: and, and you yeah, know and what? That, they still use that in for the national team. When they say so-and-so players should be called up so he could, you know, learn or get better.
6: Hey, is that why Osorio's uh, comment that todos aprenden de todos uh, really rubbed you the wrong way? <laughs> you thought he well, was being uh, kind of being too humble on and bothered and, and he should be more, uh, you know, more like, hey, you know, I'm here. Learn from me.
4: Well, like I said, going back to, you know, like Google said is like, you know, hold on. He goes, hold on, hold on. They didn't hire you. To come here to learn, they hired you to produce. You know. Now let me know. ask you this.
0: Yeah. And I'll ask the whole panel. Now, obviously, it seems like the clubs. We seem to agree put more pressure on the, on on the locals than they do on the foreigners. It seems like it's the other way around on the press. The press seems to want to put more pressure on the foreigners, especially the foreigners that they don't necessarily think deserve. The job they have or i think they 've earned the job they have, they seem to really want to put pressure on them whether it 's uh, warranted or not
4: uh, 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 well here first of all here 's my take i don't think that mexico sh- you know mexico should be should be offering coaching gigs coaching gigs to foreign players that have zero coaching experience, especially if they don 't have if they, if they don 't really have a, a,
0: a are you saying that they should get a certification from the the from Johann the- Cruyff School of <laughs> Sports Coaching so that they can go ahead and become a coach?
6: No, like, like, like keep in mind, coach- Ugo got his credentials in Honduras, right? So he yeah, had zero but- coaching experience, and he he got certified in a different country. So yeah, Nicaragua,
4: I remember that. But come on, we're talking Ugo here, dude. Like, I mean, how many coaches, you know, legendary coaches, you know, did he coach? Was he coach, you know, from? I mean, the the whole, I understand why I understand why they want the coaching certificate. But I mean, are you really? I mean, if if let's say Iniesta, you know, decided to go to coaching,
6: would you, you know, would you hire him? I would scrutinize him more.
0: Why on earth would you have to be certified to be a coach? I mean, to me, I mean, I understand. I mean, a coach just has to get his first gig somewhere. But be an assistant first, you know, be an assistant for three or four years, learn how to be a coach. One thing I always appreciated about when I would cover Mac Brown here at UT was that if any of his assistants whoever it was if if they had head coaching aspirations he would take extra time to show them okay or if they asked me hey, how would you do this he would always make sure to, to to show them how he prepares for whatever it is that he's doing as a as a head coach to give them that experience so that if they ever do get that opportunity, they, they know what they're walking into.
1: You know, so know. what's so bad about just
0: being an assistant for four years and not getting certified and then getting your chance to be a head coach?
3: Um, Brees is a perfect example of that. He was an assistant. He comes to Mexico and he coaches America and then he does not so well at the beginning, and it's almost like, okay, one more game, and he's gone. But yeah. you never heard that from Almeida. Almeida was there sucking it up the whole time, but it's like, oh, we've got to give him some more time, and he won Copa Max and all this stuff. I'm so that's I'm
1: like... But look at how
0: pretty Almeida's hair Sampaoli, is, though.
6: They tried to bring Sampaoli to... I'm sorry, John. They tried to bring Sampaoli to repress Almeida, and he turned him down. Remember that, Jolie?
5: Oh, yeah. I, I do. I was tough by two games. I wrote an article that Almeida would be gone by match week five. I mean, it was yeah, around it was around match week seven when the news broke out.
4: Okay, hey, I I understand why you go for you go for a Cardoso. I understand that. Is there really? You, I mean, do you really? I don't I don't understand. I, I cannot justify someone like Diego Alonso. I can't justify someone like you know. Believe it or not, even though he he was successful. But you know, I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't have given you know Cashina a chance.
6: Hey, you know what? Uh, one of, one of the guys that we talked to on the one of the Twitter channels, uh, Victor, he mentioned that uh, they used to post the grades that these that these coaches were getting uh, after t- after going through the licensing program of uh, in the Me- that the Mexican the FMF offers. <laughs> and I think you know, in some countries, the licensing process is actually. You know, it's it's taking serious. Take for example the the license uh, you know, their program's uh, pretty interesting and they actually they have the guys as part of the license process they place you or you have to find uh, an assisting gig and, and work with an actual team and show that you can uh, that you can run the team, you know? I
0: mean it seems like that I mean that to me is a natural progression I and mean, if they wanna institution boy I'm better is just El Tiburon. I mean that that to me should be the national progression. I mean I you know I think of a guy like Tuca who became head coach what was it twenty something years ago? But he'd been an assistant for three or four or five years before he was head coach. He was an assistant for, for Mejía Baron at Pumas and also on the ninety four World Cup team, and then he gets his chance and he and what does he do within the first couple of years? Joel, what does Tuca do? He
5: won league title.
0: Four? Who was Q- it?
5: Was it what? Q-
0: <laughs> That's right. Basso too was a
6: was a Mejia assistant, wasn't he?
0: He was a Mejia assistant, and he never got to win a championship. Uh, he came close with Pachuca. They lost to uh, Santos in the final with uh, when Ed No, he, he did win. He he
6: did win.
0: Oh, he did win. You're right. You're right. He yeah, did. He I'm did. sorry. I'm sorry.
6: Please. Yeah, please he won. Uh, he won before uh, landing in the national team.
0: Man, yeah. he had the ultimate '80s haircut. I mean, I mean, ultimate. He had like the Alcachofa It was <laughs> fantastic. It was great. But, but, but I guess my point is, is that the the domestic coaches in Mexico right now have, you know, have had most of them had success as a player. I mean, Nacho was, you know, he was part of a juggernaut. Even though he hasn't won. Tomas Boy in in my humble opinion is one of the top 5 Mexicans to ever play in Liga MX. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see him play.
1: Yeah, he, he, he was, was a boss a with, total with badass.
0: Yeah, he yeah. was there's a reason to call him a Cafe. He was outside if 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 the market was the way it was now, Tomas Boy would have had a 15-year career in Europe. There's no question. He was that. You good. know
4: what you, you know what he was like with you know that sort of temperament? Like Gattuso.
0: Exactly. Yeah, he was like a Gerard, Gatuso cut from that. Just, just a, had just complete command of a team. He was a, just a terrific player. So, but he hasn't won one. But, but all the other guys that we mentioned earlier, they've all, you know, Memo Vasquez was a decent player. He, you know, he's one had six successes as a coach. All the, all the foreign coaches in Mexico that have won all played in Mexico. So I think the, what, it, what it boils down to is there's going to be pressure either way, whether you're Mexican or foreign. It seems to me personally that the clubs will put more pressure on the Mexican because the, they can just say, you know what, I could go get a guy from Argentina tomorrow if you don't perform. So that's how I feel. I yeah, probably
6: pay him a cheaper
2: price.
0: Absolutely. That's, now,
2: to, that's what was going to be my question. Like uh, As far as players go, um, do the foreigners that typically come – are they earning less than the average Mexican? Yes,
4: they are.
0: They're earning less, but they were making more than what they would have made in their local leagues.
4: Yeah. like Watch watch some of the games in the Euro 1 league. So, and watch some, so then uh, it would make games.
0: sense to
2: put more pressure on the Mexican player. They cost more.
0: It's, it's also, also more,
4: but best? I mean... But it's it's still our domestic league,
0: though. Yeah, but Ronnie, Mexico these guys big, run the, these big, guys run big, the
4: teams like businesses
0: though for years. Yeah, hey,
6: a- was the national team better when we didn't have as many foreign coaches and players? No. So huh? this this importation of ideas, it's it, you know the re- bottom line is re- it Repeat, it's, that, it's again? repeat national- that again. Re- repeat that again. Was the national team better? Uh, in the past, when you didn't have as many foreigners, uh, both as players and as uh,
1: within the league
6: as coaches and assistants and so forth, youth coaches?
0: Well, I'm probably when i old enough, and I'm going to say no, it was not better back then. In fact, it was awful, it was embarrassing. Well, how far
4: back are you going? <laughs>
0: I'm going back to the 1930s. No, I'm going back to the early to the late <laughs> 70s. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, Mexico turned the corner, and they turned the corner because of Boda. I mean, there's but,
1: no.
0: Anyone who says differently is going to have to deal with me.
6: And the Pumas Cantera?
0: The, not just the Pumas Cantera. That was part of it. But, I mean, back then, America was a juggernaut. Chivas a little bit, and then Tigres was really strong, too. I mean, that 86 team was basically half America, half half Pumas. And it probably should have been more America, but Capitan Furia was taking junior swimming in a forbidden pool, so...
4: <laughs> You're still <laughs> convinced of that, aren't you?
0: You're still convinced. There's no... Look, Johan Cruyff, the greatest player, one of the greatest players in history, had a deal with Puma, during the 1974 World Cup. He didn't want to wear Adidas to conflict with his Puma contract. So what does he do? He takes one of the stripes off his shirt, and he's the only guy, if you look at the footage, everyone else has the Adidas three stripes. He's the only guy with two. There are ways around it.
6: Yeah, that's true.
0: There so, are ways so you're,
4: you're thinking, it. So you're saying, you're saying that Capitano... I'm saying it's not up.
5: Hey, even, yeah. even closer for, for us youngsters in '94. 1994... Campos, Campos, uh, his uh, his multicolored kits. I think they were from Nike, but Mexico was uh, Umbro, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Yeah, you're right.
5: So you don't you don't see the the logos on his on his kits. Yes, yeah, so, there
4: you on. go. So you're so you're saying you're saying on the
6: loose. That's you. what he's saying.
4: No, so you're saying the <laughs> Capitán Furia was a little too high on the color scale, color chart for the you know
0: I'm saying he that was, when he was, Capitan Furia went to somebody's
5: house it was Hello, BBC. that's what I
1: said
5: <laughs> <laughs> he, he let them know why they call him Furia
0: that's right <laughs> you think he
4: metió la pata same
0: metió al menos un pie. Speaking of America, I know we touched on a little earlier, theory. but uh, yeah, nice. Hey, you know, do you really believe it was because he was wearing another another company's shoes? Come on. Anyway. Speaking of America, it's another team that's had a really just a sensational year. I know that you know we discussed earlier that nacho Ambris for whatever reason was on the hot seat because he lost you know he's the only see that's the other thing. I don't know if it's just because it's america or or if it's if it's Nacho Ambris, but he loses one game and they're talking about how they're in a the, well, they haven't lost in a while they've play they've actually played very well they're In a comfortable position, they made the league. Yeah, I think that they're a strong candidate to make a final. They'll probably have a chance to win two finals here in the next month. Ronnie, however, likes to tell us about the warts. So, without further ado, it's time for Ronnie's rant. (laughs) Ronnie's rant. (laughs) So, Ronnie, tell us why America
4: is you, not going
0: to win the championship.
4: No, I think they can. I think they can win the championship. And uh, in what sport? I mean, like I am I've, I've told you this many times. I in personally like Ambriz. I think that he should be given the chance to build his team. You know, and if, that, if he believes that, you know, Arroyo or Quintero should be part of it, okay, fine. I just don't think that the current crop of players, some of them gel well together. I, I think, I think that the the disciplinary issues. I don't think that falls solely on on, on Ambris. Um
0: especially considering the kind of player he was. I mean, that just that just never was his style.
4: Well, even even I mean, keep in mind he also was under you know Aguirre, um, and you know I mean he.
0: You know, that's a very good point because I don't know if y'all remember when I, I, uh, when Vasco had the uh, 2009 World Cup and their very first game against Nicaragua, the game that Carlos Vela got injured in. Noriega, who was having a pretty decent game, got a, got a straight red, and he was never called up again, ever. In fact, I don't want to say that was la- Mexico's last yeah. red card in an official capacity, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, the. So, Ronnie, as you were saying, we oh, got dropped. No, <laughs> uh, we lost seat. <laughs> even
3: hey, if up
6: to now. He
0: broke his wireless. Yeah, they got it.
6: Sorry, Ronnie. Okay, I'm back. I'm
4: back. No. Uh, so, I, I don't think that that's re- really, you know, lies solely on on Ambris. Um One of the things that I've that I've noticed with Ambris was like even like you know going back to last season. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if they're playing a man down or two men. I mean, they want to attack. I mean, but they don't attack just you know sending you know the entire cavalry. They they try to do it with you know with with keeping the lines compact and everything and in, in, in advance. Because remember the the semifinals with Pumas, how I mean how Mexico was still, I mean or not Mexico America was still dominating Pumas even with ten you know with ten guys on the field. I, I think I the think only thing is, I remember about that think,
0: game was that they lost 3-0 to Pumas. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but obviously you. Knew that. No,
0: anyway, I'm sorry. As you were saying.
4: So no, uh, you know, I think that uh I, I think that uh, American does have the team to win the championship, but. I mean, you're gonna have to have Mickey Arroyo. You're, you're gonna have to have David uh, Quinteros. You're gonna have to have uh, that Argentine. No, the Argentine. Uh, what's his name? Uh,
0: Goods. Guts With with
4: with 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 a clear head. Yeah, sometimes I see that just. Uh,
0: now it sounds know. to Samba. me that that you think Samba. Ronnie that America is their own worst enemy.
6: So does the league give a trophy for throwing hissy fits? Because America's got that down.
0: They are the campionissimo of hissy fits. Mm-hmm.
3: That's gonna be their demise if the I believe they could win it, but it's gonna happen again if the like whether it's against Pumas or someone else, they might end up uh getting redded all over the place and losing a semifinal game or something like that.
0: So you're saying their 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 biggest weakness is what's staring at them in the mirror. They just think they they need to control themselves.
4: Now, anything Ronnie, does. Anything. anything.
0: But but more America than anybody but, else, just because of their reputation.
4: Yes. You, 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 you
0: know, the we we can count the red cards that, after that, the season's that, over. That.
3: See who has most red cards, what team has most red cards.
0: Now, can I ask you a question, Ronnie? If America wins the title, mm-hmm. will you get a Nacho Ambri style haircut? Hell
6: no. <laughs> Hell no. Hey, what if he has one already, though?
0: He know? might. You're right. I didn't no. even think about that. <laughs> That's that's very possible. No. Thank you, Juan. In fact, I think I think you need to send us a picture to verify.
4: Doesn't
0: Capitan Furia also? Doesn't has a hair has a haircut uh-huh. you can like set your watch to. You know, you just you know you can look at the shadow. <laughs> look at that; it's like a sundial. So it's eleven forty five. Just just turn this way. Yeah, Nacho has the same style of haircut. There's no question. I will say this about Nacho he's I know Benjamin uh, Galindo was a fantastic free kick taker, probably the best Mexico's ever had. Nacho's right there with him, man. He had a gun. Ooh. That was
4: impressive. Well, Galindo, you know, people say people say that Galindo was probably the, the best player. I say Cuautemoc was. I mean, I Cuautemoc's ability to play with both,
1: you know, both feet, pack. But I think it's better than Galindo. America has six
3: red cards this season. Three and the four, more than any
0: other team. The other, the other teams more? have six total.
1: <laughs> oh.
6: so so I, I think that's Yeah. So Ronnie saying uh, now he's saying uh a better player than Galindo. For yeah. the national team.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, uh, I I would agree with that. Oh, is the the best national team player Mexico's ever had, at least in the modern era. The best national team player they've ever had.
4: Yeah.
0: I don't think that there's any question that that's the case. You know, the people always t- want to talk about Carvajal, but he was a goalie. And every World Cup he played in Mexico couldn't make it out of the first round. So that's where that is. Ronnie, do you have anything else to say about America? Does anybody else have anything to say about America?
4: Who actually thinks America can win?
0: I think America can win.
3: I think in they fact, can win. In fact, I
0: think America will win. Albert?
3: I think they can win. I don't know if they will. Let's see, see, who, see who gets carded or see who doesn't get carded.
0: They're going to lose the Jaguares in the first round, is what's going to happen, no No. Yeah.
6: You know they probably won't do well as the favorite, seeing how they crack under pressure. So, you know, if everybody considers them the favorites, they're going to be the first one to go down. Are they considered the Royals.
2: favorites? I so. um, um, I guess above Rayos.
4: Well, if they win the cup if they win Concacaf, if they win the Concacaf uh, and they and they at least finish second, I think they'll be considered the favorites. Because, you so, know, obviously... They you know,
0: win CONCACAF. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Because, I mean, lose, lose you, I mean,
1: they lose CONCACAF,
4: and what? Uh, oh, honestly, I think if they lose CONCACAF, I think it would be a little bit... I think I think the press would try to create a crisis. You know, they lose CONCACAF.
0: Are we going to have to hide all the sharp knives and guns from from your house if that happens?
3: <laughs> I don't think CONCACAF matters. If they lose, who cares? How's he, he going to make the walk if fun- you take
6: his knives, dude? <laughs>
4: it's funny you say that, dude. When America lost to Toluca, uh, what, in the semifinals, like the season before? I think it was the first. I think what I think when Piojo first got in, they got eliminated. They were eliminated by Monterrey and they were eliminated by Toluca. And then the third time around, that's when they beat Cruz Azul. Well, the one I don't remember the first season, the second season, but the one that was with Toluca, I was just livid, dude. I was I just fuming to the point where I had a knife because I was eating an apple, (laughs) and I I just started stabbing the fucking wall.
1: You were like, for the rest.
4: Like for to, like Fuck you, dude. You know? It, <laughs> because he loves the I use that wall. I use that wall for po- – No. Well, yeah, because I hate losing to Toluca, man. But, I mean, what do, that that, what do you do? Post. Lose, I use like, that wall for No, yeah. no. Nah, nah, for some reason, I hate losing to Toluca, and I hate losing I hate losing to Toluca, and I hate losing to Cruz For some reason, I don't mind. I mean, of course, I don't want to, but, you know, I, I can take a – you know, Pumas or Chivas, but those two teams, I hate losing to those two teams.
0: What two teams? What was that? Cruz Azul. Oh, Cruz Azul and Toluca. That's right.
4: And, uh, and Toluca. I mean, America's been played in more playoffs matches with, the, with Cruz Azul he, than Chivas.
6: He insinuated he, he, he enjoys losing to Chivas.
0: No. Who did he say that? I did hear that, actually. He said, I, I like losing the Chivas. I don't mind it. Nah. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think that that should uh, take us to our, not our final topic, but but certainly one of the next to last things we'll discuss tonight, as, as uh, many of you who follow Mexican soccer, at least here in the USA, maybe of picked up on a story that was uh, written in ESPN.com by our friend Tom Marshall regarding Mexican-American players that are uh, youth players that are that are playing in Mexican clubs, and uh, when Tom found out that some of the, that the league had asked the teams not to sign any more of these players until they get clarification from FIFA, the uh, we brought to light that there are there are a few, more than a few Mexican American players that that are playing youth players that are playing in Liga MX teams right now. Now there is a rule in, in in FIFA. It's rule 19 and it's clause three. And rule 19, clause three says that if a player is a national of a country, then they're exempt from this rule. And the rule is that there can't be youth players moving from one country to another. Of course, because you know they don't want to exploit. These players, and I have a hard time believing the players are exploited when they are being fed, being educated, and being trained. It's not as if a player from Morocco goes to Barcelona's academy at what's it called, La Masia, is that what they call it, and, and starts, you know, making replica shirts twenty hours a day. That's a sweatshop. Yeah, exactly. So Rule 3 says that if a a, a national of one country can then be part of the youth academy. Well, how do they define national? Because I'm a Mexican national, but I live in the U.S. And in Mexico, if you have a Mexican passport, that makes you a Mexican citizen, and therefore you're eligible to work in Mexico, which to me would make – this particular rule would allow all these players that Mexico has, where well, most of them are, are first-generation uh, kids that are living in this country, would, would make would make them exempt from this particular rule. Now, I do understand why Liga Mex sides want to get clarification. I think, that they think that that's what the, the core issue is here, is they want to get clarification from FIFA. Because European sides, because of the European Union and the European what is it, satellite countries, I forget what the correct term is, they are exempt from this rule. Well, it seems like if if there's an exemption there, there should be an exemption or or a way to clarify the rule to where if you're, say, a kid that has French parents that's living in New York and Paris Saint-Germain comes calling, you're going to tell me that that kid can't go train with Paris Saint-Germain. So why is it any different that they can't go train down at Pachuca or Santos or whatever the case may be? So, Juan, I know that you're uh, deeply and heavily involved with, with youth soccer in this country and have even have had to deal with this, uh, well, certainly much more than any of us. Why don't you shed some light on this particular topic for us? Uh, I think, uh,
6: yeah, there is, there is an issue where some players, they're not being able to sign for any Mexican clubs anymore uh, if they, they register as dual nationals. And I think it's just a paperwork issue where, uh, you know, most, like, like you mentioned, most of us, we have family in Mexico. We spend time there, you know, throughout the year. <coughs> and, uh, now as far as the players being exploited, I think they're actually, they're being exploited right now because, uh, you know, you've got these, uh, a lot of these kids that play in the, you know, I brought this up before, they play in the land leagues, the, the Sunday leagues where the, the coach doesn't know what he's doing, but the kids, you could say he's, uh, he's learning from the llano. You know he's learning from his own his own smarts and you know some of these kids they're actually they're very interesting. so what the coaches do here is since a pay to play system they recruit these kids for one year, maybe two uh they use them to make their team look good them. then once they've got the clientele that can play, they drop these kids so to me that's a lot, lot more exploitive because obviously they they offer a scholarship to this player for one year or two, and then they dump them.
0: Well, I guess that's what I don't understand. Is that – so? This rule says that they're, they're trying to protect kids from being exploited, but it's perfectly okay then to exploit the local kids. Is, is that what this rule says?
1: Yeah, I mean,
6: basically, because
0: like, uh, if if you're, if you're a kid in,
6: in LA and you get a uh, or, or you're actually I'm not you're outside the LA Galaxy's uh, recruiting zone, you can sign for any MLS team or or even end up. Uh, you could be a 50 year old and end up at uh, what's that place? Uh, Bradenton in Florida the IMG Academy, Mm -hmm. I mean, to me that's more exploitive to, is, I mean, if they consider moving to, to, to Chivas, you know, to Pachuca, or to one of these other, you know, to Monterrey, one of these teams.
0: So let's say, for instance, that you're a kid that's growing up in like what, Valencia, California, right? That's kind of north, north of LA, which is the LA Galaxy zone. And their training is down in Carson uh, or somewhere. Is was that where they train, Carson?
6: Exactly. They do. So and, that's
0: what a two-hour ride each way.
6: Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. There's, uh, there's even kids from San Diego driving up to LA to train with LA Galaxy, and that's to me that's ridiculous. It's not worth uh, that drive.
3: Fifty kilometers from a national border, so you can't live fifty kilometers from your club team. So if that's over fifty kilometers from San Diego to LA or whatever. Right. And that
0: would be an one of the examples that was brought up in the article was uh, they're saying, well, well, Ventura Alvarado is a classic case. Since he started playing in the Liga MX sides when he was a teenager, and I guess uh, somebody pointed out to Mr. Marshall and the folks that wrote it that that his mother had moved to Mexico, and that's when Ventura went down there. So again, one of the rules is. That a parent can, you know, the parents can move to the country as long as it has "quote unquote" nothing to do with the kid going to this club's academy. Which, again, you know, I mean, there's there there's so many ways to circumvent this particular ruling. But but I think that the, the the key here is if it's legal for a Mexican. Person, whether national, if he has a Mexican passport, that, in my opinion, should be enough for him to be able to be "quote unquote" registered at a Liga MX club as a Mexican.
4: I I agree, John. I mean, this shouldn't have a one size fits all approach because it, it's. I mean, and FIFA, Concacaf, they're not naive. They know that. The Mexican American, you know, whether it's first generation, second generation, they knew this, and well before, you know, before MLS even was created, you know, Mexican, the Mexican population, I mean, we still had a connection with, you know, Liga Emequis. Countless friendlies, Mexico would still, would play in the U.S. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what these kids, And, and, and and one of the things that, you know, one of my problems, and I, and I, when I wrote this, and and I, you know, replied to this, I mean, if, if our generation would have had internet, I guarantee you more, more, you know, had internet and had access to the academies in, in Liga Amequis, where you can contact them directly, you can ask when their tryouts were, I guarantee you more, more Mexican-American kids would have, would have, you know, gone, you know, down south and, 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 and gone to these tryouts. I mean, you, and, and you did have what's you that? You have a lot in the past. And and and, uh, and I and, and I, uh, I remember when I, I mentioned to you guys the uh, remember when back in like two thousand two, two thousand three when uh, Chivas, America, Cruz Azul had those open tryouts in the U.S. in the southern parts, southern south and southwestern parts of the U.S. Like you know, Futuro Aguila. do you, you guys remember that?
0: Was that before or after America played thirteen games in eight days?
4: <laughs> that was that was, a, that was after. After, but, okay. But but my, my point is my point is that America they they basically went to like ten cities in this in the United States had open tryouts in Houston at the time when I was living in Houston. I remember I didn't I didn't go but I saw the I watched the news. Dude, there were hundreds of kids. I mean, and not just Mexicans, dude. There were South Americans, there were Central Americans, there were Africans, there were Middle Easterners. Well,
0: isn't that the reason why Barcelona has academies all over the world to identify talent? Well, yeah. So what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that?
6: Hey, I want to ask Ronnie if that's how they found uh, Bijik and uh, Kalusha <laughs> from those trials.
4: <laughs> I, honestly, I don't remember how they found uh, Bijik and Kalusha. Uh, I, I don't remember how they found them.
0: Ben Hacker brought them, dude.
4: It was that no? Was it Ben? No, was it
0: Whoever it was, they were a genius. Those guys were terrific. Yeah, the, I came so close to being a Medi, an uh, America fan back then.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh,
0: so. that's how close I came I, to. I just,
4: I just I, I think it's a, I mean I think it's a non-issue. I don't think it's you know it's it's granted okay I, you know they want they, they should they, you know they should clarify. It.
0: It was back I, in the America CMQ days.
4: I don't I don't see I don't see anything wrong with what, what what you know with you know Ventura Alvarado or you know Gringo Torres or
0: who who whoever. Now you there's a case to... of uh, of a player, I believe he was a Argentine who lived in Paraguay, his name was Iturde, I think his name was, who's now playing in Europe where he was at a Paraguayan club, and then an Argentine came and swooped him, went to the Argentine club, and the Paraguayan, I think Olympia, complained to FIFA about this and said, hey, wait a second, this is happening. This is a violation of Rule 19, and they found in favor of him. So based on that, people say, well, it has nothing to do with, with your passport. It has everything to do with where your parents live, which, again, I find completely ridiculous. And another thing, FIFA's law is not based on precedent. It's not based on English common law. So just because it's happened before doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to rule or rule in favor of it that way. I agree with Ronnie. I think I think that they have. To, this has to be on a case by case basis. And I think the fact that a lot of a lot of the Mexican American players, because of the fact that they're Mexican nationals, because they can carry a Mexican passport. That, to me, gives them every right to be able to be registered by a Mexican club, period, end of story. I don't know if there's any any question. Now, they're going to have to get clarification. I do agree with Tom, and I do agree with the article in the sense that the, the, the that the clubs are going to have to get a clarification, whether it's from FIFA or from TAS, but they do have to get clarification. But, again, if, if it's okay in the Eurozone, there's no reason why it can't be okay over here.
3: Hey, you guys hey. remember a long time ago in uh in the in the forums, big soccer, there was like this little kid who was just dribb- They showed videos of him, and they put his name and everything at his own thread. Was it the kid going all? He was like maybe six or seven. Oh, well, the I wonder kid, there Jolie. Yeah, there's there's been multiple, but there's one of them where they were put- he's like six or seven, and I think this rule is sort of trying to protect like young kids from just going over without their parents just to some place. Being used as a money-making machine. So well,
4: if they want to, prote- you know, they want to protect kids. They should just be on the lookout for, you know, for people taking photographs of them.
3: <laughs> no, you got you got some kids going over there. To some w- wouldn't
4: you agree, Holy?
3: <laughs> and they're all by themselves. They're like they don't have their parents to, you know, to teach them, and they're just like with some foster or whatever.
4: Who else? Who else?
3: Hey, you know. You guys ever hear the story of uh, when
6: Iniesta when he ended up in Barcelona, where the first two weeks he he cried his eyes out for, you know, because he missed his family.
0: Well, he was busy making those shirts. I'm sure that that would upset any kid. <laughs>
6: <laughs> no, but I mean, removing him from his family like at 12 years old.
3: Yeah, they're young. That's that's a young kid.
6: Well, look look at the end
3: product. Some some people are still, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Getting known, so but. why
0: do you guys think people came down on, on Barcelona and Atletico are going to come down around Madrid? Do you think it's because they're, quote-unquote, actually exploiting these kids, or do you think it's more to do with the fact that more often than not, they've struck gold? And why is this anything different than, than Ajax's academy or the one down in Bolivia? Is it just because it's foreign kids? How do all the African kids end up on in, in French clubs?
3: Well, because they're from French colonies, I think their family moves. Yeah,
5: but uh, you know yeah, what? but not all of them.
0: Didier Drogba grew up in the Ivory Coast.
5: You know yeah, what, guys? A few years back, there was there was a big problem with um with a lot of like African kids, like in Italy and other leagues, where promoters would take them and they'll take them to tryouts, and if and you know if they wouldn't pan out, the they would just leave them there. They, so you, you had a lot of homeless kids in in different European cities that that got taken there with with the promise of um, that they were going to you know be part of the a youth squad.
4: Well, hey, do you do you remember uh, last year Medio Tiempo actually had a? In fact, no, I'm sorry, I think it was this year. Uh, there was a report in Medio Tiempo where there was these five Argentine players just. Uh, basically in acapulco or cancun or whatever uh stranded and they didn't have they don't have they didn't have they don't have the money they didn't have the money to go back to argentina because they were, were they got
0: cascaritas for money
4: <laughs> well they thought they were they thought that they basically paid they got scammed <laughs> they got scammed thinking that they were going to play uh, in the second division of mexico they paid this promoter uh, they flew to Mexico, and then when they got to Mexico, they uh, they they never had a team. <laughs>
3: that's <laughs> a got, perfect example. You see, that's a per- got, the kid's not gonna know how to argue and how to ask for like.
4: No, I him. think this. I think this was just a scam in general. But isn't that but
0: more on the parents than it is on the kid? Honestly, what, what's that? Isn't that more on the parents? Yeah, the parents shouldn't be on the kid? like that. <laughs> but,
1: but
4: what if the parents, you know, you know, aren't very, you know. Savvy in terms of you know with contracts and stuff like
6: that. Hey, Ronnie, that contradicts uh, your view, your personal view still, doesn't it? So you want the state and the rules to protect the kids?
1: No, fuck, fuck so it.
3: That, that contradicts his leave, like parents leaving their kids running around in the the, the grocery store yelling and making a mess and that yeah, Yeah, so they should move to the country. They should move their whole family to the country where the kid's gonna play and take the chance that the kid can play there.
0: What is the minimum age you guys uh, believe should be for a a player to go to an academy?
6: It's going to vary.
3: Don't matter if the parents move with the kid. Five, (laughs) as young as they want to be, as long as the parents with them and taking care of and looking after their best interest.
0: And if the parents aren't there?
3: Oh shoot, eighteen. I think
6: they. (laughs) You know what? They need to get these kids in young to to correct their mistakes. uh, At sixteen, probably between fourteen and sixteen. Uh, is about the ages that in the past they've been able to work with and they've been able to, you know, correct the players, transition them to but uh you know what Ronnie sounded, it sounded a little too communist for my taste, you know. Not comfortable <laughs> with that.
0: You feeling the burn, Ron? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Hell no. No. Man, I'm very disappointed. We uh we played La Volpe clips, we mentioned his name. But 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 still no Fernando side. I think you well, I've been scared again, him I, off. Now, the other thing that I found very interesting is is that ESPN went all in on this story because you know they're, you know, doing their ejercicio periodístico to try and make Liga MX look as bad as possible, as they always do, and just relish doing. And yet, no one else has picked up the story. Not one other outlet. Picked up the story.
6: Well, hey John, there's there's an article uh, that the ESPN story referenced, which was from Chivas. Uh, that Jose Luis Real mentioned that there was like five players within the Chivas uh, youth system that they couldn't register, and they were they were finding alternate ways to just keep them active and <clears throat> ready until they could. Really? So, yeah. So I think it is an ongoing issue where Mexican clubs are not going to take dual nationals anymore.
0: And again, and, and I'm fine with that. I mean, they, they can have a moratorium. What they need to do is they need to get FIFA to, 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 to make this clarification. Because like I said, if a Norwegian kid can go train in in Holland or France without any problem because of the EU, then a Mexican kid, having the legal right to do so, should be able to go to Mexico.
6: You know, it's kind of BS because can't any kids uh, – like if you're a wonder kid, you know, or, uh, you can sign for a English Premier League uh, club and get a professional contract since over there uh, they can sign contracts at 16. And that's one way to get around these rules. So it kind of doesn't make sense if at 16 you can sign for an
0: English there club. There are many ways that you can circumvent these. I mean, believe me, it's uh – you know, but again, I, I I do I do think that Liga MX here wants to get the clarification, and I'm totally fine with that. And 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 I and I do believe that because of the fact that I think that they have their own law on their side. We know what the and because of that, I mean, FIFA should should rule pretty quickly. I don't think it should be an issue at all. So. I
6: think it's a money issue. One, it could be the FIFA. Like remember, you guys mentioned that FIFA was looking for a scapegoat to. Turn away attention.
0: Uh, yeah, but you know, I'm starting to think that less and less because uh this infantino guy is already starting to <laughs> you know, it's so funny because you know, they acted like like Sunil Gulati made this incredible move to you know to broker the deal where Infantino is now gonna be the president because he convinced all the guys that voted for the Jordanian Prince to vote for him you know, with a promise that they're going to get the 2026 world, you know, whatever the case may be. FIFA is never going to... It's going to be the same. It's going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be the exact same thing. Nothing's going to change. They're just going to find other ways to do business. They're going to do their business in euros instead of dollars. So they don't have to worry about the FBI. Nothing's going to change. But it does bring me up to my last topic of the night. There was a... Reports coming out of Mexico this week that Mexico is uh, wanting to be a serious candidate for the 2026 World Cup, and they want to put a renovated Estadio Azteca as the, I guess, the centerpiece of their bid. Now, the Estadio Azteca may not have the reputation, at least in this country, of the of the of the, of the stadium that it is, but around the world, it is considered one of the true cathedrals of soccer. There's no question. That if you ask anybody from South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, oh, the Estadio Azteca, that place is incredible. Is that going to be enough? Now, they are going to renovate it. I personally believe they need to just build a brand new one, just build a new stadium if they're going to want to get a World Cup. That's how you get World Cups. You have to build stadiums or promise to build stadiums. So, Hey, John, they
6: they mentioned – I also read that there was a joint bid between the U.S. and Mexico. So maybe that's one way for FIFA to, uh, you know, stop getting their presidents uh, uh, banned and uh, arrested.
0: So you think it would be a joint bid?
6: Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you like to – for example, uh, uh, Cowboy Stadium would be a perfect uh, venue, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, that place is huge. They modeled it after – uh Estadio Azteca
0: It is huge. Uh, unfortunately, it has fake grass. So, they would have to make yes. extra efforts to make sure that the real stuff grows there.
1: Vergara was
6: able to switch, I mean, you know, Jerry yeah, Jones that, more money.
0: Yeah, well. True. So, does does Mexico if if it's not a joint bid, does Mexico have a chance here? because
3: I think they do. They got some I think they got some nice that uh, Puebla stadium is nice, the new stadium in Monterrey, Guadalajara. They got some new stadiums cropping up, maybe just a couple more. And I do think Azteca needs to be renovated. The renovation that I've seen like the restaurant and the booths and all that, that's been going really slow. I'm I'm getting sick and tired of seeing that just dirt and stuff, but um, Is Ronnie in
6: charge of that uh, project? <laughs> <Maybe>.
3: <laughs> but uh, no, no. I think needs to. I think other than that, I think it needs renovation on the whole rest of the stadium because if they, if they could. A lot of it wasn't too bad, but the accommodations and everything is sort of subpar. If they could
0: build a new Wembley, they can build a new Azteca Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, you were there two weeks ago.
3: I, I was surprised the way I the ease of getting in, walking in, parking, and getting out, it wasn't too bad. But just the accommodations and everything inside the stadium is is old.
0: It's very old. It's yeah. It was dedicated in 1960, so that was nine years after Atlas won their one and only championship. And we can only do math based on that, so that would make them that would make the stadium 56 years old. Is that right, Joel?
5: I'm pretty bad at math.
0: Oh. So, yeah, it's 56 years old. <laughs> Think about this. They used four or five four or five stadiums for the 1970 World Cup. It was the Bombonera, León, Jalisco, and the Estadio Azteca. I can't remember if they used any Those are still in use today. And they haven't, um, some of those haven't really changed.
3: And another thing, I was, Joel was mentioning to me before last week's show that the press, and, and I've seen Naib um, Periscope from the press area in Azteca, and it's basically outside, and you have like a, a wood desk that goes across a bunch of seats as your press area, and Joel was making a comment of a long time ago when he went that, uh, what was it, Televisa or Azteca was um, announcing like right outside there in some little dinky booth, and doing their broadcast and stuff. So I think that might need to be
0: um, addressed.
3: I did. I, totally.
5: I shared a moment with Luis Garcia that day. I was. El doctor. Uh, yeah,
0: man. Did I, you cross the streams in the bathroom quite? Is that what you're telling <laughs> me?
5: No. Um, um, I was like, I, I had a press pass. It was during the uh, during the 2003 Gold Cup. So I don't know, I don't know if they improved their little booth. So, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't have a, a, you know, they don't, they didn't have like a a media center or, or so, so they you know, I make my way to my seat and I'm walking down and I I saw the booth and I look inside and he was just standing there and, and like, I was just like staring because I, I, I didn't recognize him, you know. Like I, I recognized him, but then I kind of didn't, cause I grew up watching him play, and now he was like just old and balding, and I was fatter like, fatter and balder. And he's That's like, it. yeah, he's basically too. What feet do you up.
0: have against older, fatter, balder men, N
5: Not, Nothing really. I was
0: just used to Ronnie's gonna him. get really mad at you. If you...
5: <laughs> I was just used to see him in his prime, you know, running, running rampant. Representing the green shirt, I mean, scoring like,
0: goals against Ireland, and
5: yeah, see,
0: <laughs> reminding the Irish players who's winning.
5: It's two 0 yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say: don't meet your heroes. And uh, so it was just, it was just kind of surreal moment. And it was like, I was like, that's not how I wanted to meet him, you know. Did you say hello at least? No, I didn't. I just, I froze. I froze, man. I Ooh. just. I just went and sat down, but but yeah, for for the last game, I think the World Cup qualifier, uh, they were even handing out to the press, like they were handing out papers saying there was gonna be no Wi-Fi available. Wow, I mean, so you even if you go to Honduras, you get Wi-Fi. What about so it, tacos? It, it's pretty bad. You know, you know what they gave us for food, and and it was weird because this was my first time in in the press, you know. And uh, they had, like, some lady come in with this, like, it looked like those coolers. Chalupas. Those giant, no, no, those, those, like, coolers that, you know, like, when you go to a picnic. Yeah.
1: Well, like a picnic basket? Plastic, a Coleman. Those
5: giant plastic ones. And uh, she had tortas, tortas de frijol con jamón. Yeah, those
0: were good,
3: man.
5: I, I keep, yeah, they were good, but they look like the ones that they sell at, uh... At the metro, when you're in the FA.
0: This was at the Azteca or in Honduras. This,
5: this was at the Aztec Stadium for the for the Gold Cup. It
3: was a street vendor that came in. They hired her to come it,
5: in. It looked like a street dude. It, it it looked it wasn't professional at all. It was just.
0: Was she ringing a bell?
5: <laughs> tortas, tortas.
1: Pasale, pasale. No, it
5: just <laughs> it just felt like whoever got paid, whoever was in charge of that, pocketed like half of the. Half of the money, and then just how? How know. dare you,
0: sir? How dare you accuse? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ronnie, any comment on that?
1: I, I think Ronnie's ever
5: think been we to Las Yes, I, yeah, no, no, i uh, just seen Lesteca from TV.
4: No, remember, I was there for the uh, 2000 uh, uh,
6: the the final uh, the international uh, Canicas uh, tournament. <laughs>
5: Pogs, he was at the Pog tournament
0: I've been at the uh, at the Azteca but it was for an NFL game back in 1997 was the last was the one and only time I've been there and even then we, uh, I was with NFL Films and we were trying to get to the stands and we went down a hallway thinking we were going to get to the stands we ran into a mountain of ice I'm not sure what it was but it was just this mountain of ice
6: for the bullies
0: I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, so th- my my point is, is that over the past, I guess since the Japan Korea World Cup, they have built what 40 or 50 stadiums for the World Cup. That's why I think Mexico has a shot because if Mexico says, yeah, we gonna the world, we need to build four or five new stadiums. Then FIFA and their construction partners and everyone else would go, oh, we gotta build stadiums absolutely let's do this. You know We're what? At- good.
6: John, you brought up a good point. Are they using the same firms that uh that have been used to build the
0: other stadiums? What do you think?
5: <laughs> Even if they, don't, they could just start up a new one.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean that's where the real money is. And not only that, but I think you know, one of the issues that they didn't have in nineteen ninety four with the US that they're going to run into a whole lot more at this World Cup. And this was a discussion that we had uh, years ago in Big Soccer about this, is how is FIFA going to deal with if they want to play at Jerry's place, if they have the World Cup in the U.S. But Jerry's place is called AT&T Stadium. And AT&T is not one of FIFA's broadcast partners. So, who's going to pay Jerry or who's going to pay & t to take that gigantic & T logo off the roof and have it called Dallas World Cup Stadium and it's not just a... I i mean every stadium in the u s now has naming i mean every single one, and not all i mean most of them are not FIFA partners. I always thought and I thought back then, oh FIFA would just write a check, no big deal. Well, little do I know that FIFA doesn't like writing checks. At least I didn't know that back then. We know that now. They like getting checks. They don't like writing checks. So that could be a big issue as well.
6: That explains uh, why Omni Life took their name off uh, Chiva Stadium.
0: It's no longer the Omni Life?
6: No. What is it now?
5: Zombie Life. It's (laughs)
6: It's, <laughs> like it. it's, it's called Estadio Chivas or something like that. I
5: I think that's just Pergara being broke and he needs to sell the he needs to sell the name the stadium name to get some money.
0: So it could be Estadio Chocomilk here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so.
1: because
5: because why wouldn't he want his company's name there? Yeah. That's that's the biggest advertisement he could get, and if you think about. If you think about Only Life, that's that's the most times he's gonna get mentioned during Liga MX, and that's huge coverage. So so if he's taking it off, and and he's obviously looking for another sponsor.
0: Well, how is it that he's broke, and now he wants to buy a team in Italy? Well, so I don't
5: think, he's I don't not think
0: that you money. Need money. Hey, hey Jolie already so, told me he's
5: know, good at math, John. Sorry Did about you,
6: that. Phone no. <laughs> died. <out. laughs>
5: You don't you don't need money to to buy players to buy teams. You just need credit.
4: Hey, um Holy.
5: Yes. I yes, was I,
4: I've been to Azteca. I was there I remember I, re- for, yeah, I, re-
5: I remember when you you got accredited for the for I think it was the league final.
4: Yeah, for the league final,
1: yeah.
0: Now Ronnie I, uh, we, we were told that the Omni Life is no longer the Omni Life. And 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 it could possibly be the the El Estadio Chocomilk. How do you feel about that?
4: I think it's very fitting.
5: <laughs> oh snap! No, I it, do. I mean,
4: after getting <laughs> pounded for long for so long,
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that where you're gonna find the
6: the third gunman?
1: Hello, BBC.
5: Yeah, BBC. <laughs> Hey, Chivas might be doing that, but they haven't been pounded, man. That's, you know, speaking of milk, they haven't had no no cholo's type rapage.
0: <laughs> we, speaking of milk, have you guys noticed that Leche Lala is now selling products here in the U.S.? At least they are in Texas. I can't speak up there I for
1: Philly but I think I've seen oh. yogurts.
3: Yeah, I was surprised. I'm waiting for uh, Leche Needle.
5: You're waiting for Leche?
3: Le- Leche Needle. The powdered stuff. <laughs> yes, I never had that.
0: So, Ronnie, you and I years ago had a
3: discussion about
0: uh, about stadium naming rights and how that that would potentially be a stumbling block for a U.S. bid, potentially U.S. bid for the World Cup. And Back then, I was naive. I didn't know. that. About,
4: that is exactly uh, how Mexico was able to beat the United States. For the for the for uh, the, the eighty six World Cup.
0: Yeah, but the, but stadium naming rights weren't a big deal back then. There uh, yes,
4: no, no, they were, they were, they were, they were. In fact, even oh, even a weren't. young. Uh, yes, it was even a Yoshi the,
0: the first stadium that was named with the advertiser was Three Com, it was Candlestick in California. No, that was no, in nineteen ninety four.
6: Yeah, they changed the names for the stadiums they,
4: in ninety no, no, four. Right? the the, the, sp- the, sponsorships, the sponsorships that were still on the stadiums back then. Like whether you had Coke in there, the the the, the actual advertising, not, not Oh, the stadium, inside the stadium. Yes, that that is that is how and why and in fact, and this is coming from Joseph Blatter himself. He said that you know I I don't want to run the risk of being at Joe Robbie Stadium and wondering if our advertiser advertisers were going to be you know on there.
5: But but you know what I think was a bigger thing was the television because Televisa, you know, was basically behind the whole bringing the World Cup, and, and that's that's around the time when it was being more televised.
0: Yeah, yeah but now the fact that Stadium Riot, the, the name of the stadium, is much more of a bigger deal, in, in my opinion, than the actual advertisements inside the stadium. And the advertisements inside the stadium... And you know I used to think back then, since this was ten years ago that, that old FIFA would just write a check for you know to eighteen t to get the big eighteen t logo off Jerry's place, but we know now that FIFA doesn't like writing checks that they like getting. well they
5: did they did get the name off for the two thousand and six world cup the alliance arena.
4: Yeah, all stadiums all stadiums were known. The World Cup Stadium
1: Right at Munich,
4: World Munich Cup or stadium, yeah. or the World Cup, whatever.
0: If it, it, it but like the arena alf Schalke, that didn't change if it had a sponsor's name if it that if wasn't it had a, a corporate partner, then yeah, the had the name had to go.
1: Yeah, like and uh, does
0: the same thing for the Champions League. Arsenal the Emirates is not the Emirates during Champions League, it becomes Arsenal Stadium.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Gary's not gonna pass up the opportunity to have a a World Cup game in his stadium.
0: Well, that's see, but that's the problem. Is is it who who's going to write the check to AT and T? AT and T spent three hundred million dollars for however many years to have their name on that stadium for all events. Someone's going to. Do you think Jerry's going to write him a check? Yeah, going to write him a check.
3: Raise the ticket prices or something.
0: Well, hey, 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 buddy.
4: John, John a sponsor, you're, right? John you're forgetting one thing you're you're forgetting one thing when you're presenting a world cup bid there's a uh, there's a um, there's a bid there's basically a bid package okay right. el, el, el cuaderno you know and and the thing about it is like for example back in 86 and it's still the same it's almost almost like, it's almost like the same bid package that that they used back then where like you know back then the Mexican president of uh, the mexican president give, gave assurances that anything that FIFA wanted FIFA was going to get right, so you know like th- in this past world Cup, in this past uh, FIFA elections when Bill Clinton was presenting the the uh, the you know the you know the uh, the project to, you know, to host the world Cup, you know before before you even present go to FIFA, you have to have those assurances already in pa- in place with documentation. And you have to have those assurances from all your host cities that you're not going to have those problems anymore. So, so before you know, like before the United States or Mexico or Canada or, who, or whomever wants to you know to uh, to, uh, to present their case to host the World Cup, they have to have those assurances in place, or else they're not going to they're not going to present it because there's there's set dates that you have to buy it. Okay, by X date, you have to have you know uh, commitment from the local governments by well, state. I I
0: understand that. I understand that and that's why I think that because of that I think that Mexico has a much more realistic chance than people may want to give them credit for yeah well I, they I, will I, make those assurances yeah, I, well, I, I don't know if the US can
4: no honestly. well obviously they did I mean they presented I honestly think you know I
1: honestly yeah but think it was different Clinton, than, Ronnie,
0: because back then there was the Rose Bowl, Stanford Stadium, Soldier Field, uh the Pontiac Silverdome, the Cotton Bowl, RFK Stadium, Giants Stadium, the Citrus Bowl. But but hey,
4: there was there was if I recall correctly, there were over 50 or 60 stadiums, potential host cities that Bill Clinton put in his package. The one that when they presented it, you know, to to FIFA Congress to the FIFA so already they already had all the assurances from from all those host cities, meaning and and in all the documents in, in already in order. That you know, you know whether th- whether That's they were playing in Phoenix. So those are, I mean, they already had everything, all the assurances. You know what? You can play it here, no problem. This is your house. You know when you're here.
6: So um, what was it that Bill Clinton presented? Um, well, like <laughs>
4: now remember when they were uh, they were doing the elections for the 2018-2022 World Cup
0: right and and Clinton came out and said our World Cup's going to be so great the rest of the the rest of the the world you guys don't even have to come because we already have fans you know that's what he said and then Morgan Freeman came out and missed the page he's like please come to our country and then he Grab two pages and, and we just completely missed the page. It was calm. <laughs> I'm being dead
4: serious. <laughs> no, and but then, it was, and then Qatar yeah.
0: came out and said, "Look at all these gorgeous stadiums. We're going to build you," and they did it in six different languages. And, and they said that after. The
4: and they said after the stadium, after the World Cup, these erector set type stadiums will be sent to uh, four countries where so they can you know use the same you know steel and and. Uh, and stands, and they can, you know, build, you know, build uh, stadiums in these poor countries. So, but anyhow, uh, like Australia, you know, they all have to give presentations. But you know, in those presentations, when be- to even get to that point, you have to turn in FIFA, you know, the organization committee, the LOC. They have to turn in uh, a package with all the assurances. You know all the required paperwork, all the documents. Nothing
0: is going to get in your way.
4: We're going to take care of everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting. And and when you Mm. have, and when you actually have a a ex president, you know, doing your bidding, you know that they're serious.
0: Well, we got beat up by Bora once again, proving that Bora is one of the greatest. Excuse me. All right. Well, you know what, boys? I think that that, uh, that, that might wrap it up here for, for tonight. Another fantastic episode of the Los Acero podcast. Touched a lot of very interesting topics. I know that for, for some people this was a, a better week than others. I'm not okay. sure why that was. Well, this has been another Los Acero podcast. I see we've already lost Daniel. I'm sure he wants to say goodbye. Uh, Joel, thank you for joining us.
5: Thank you, John. It's a pleasure being in the show.
0: It, it was a pleasure for me, Juan. Just one last time. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit but there it is. Chiquis, thank you for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks. It was fun.
0: A lot of fun. Juan Uribe, thank you for shedding light on your experiences with, with uh, the youth league and the youth. Hey,
6: John. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a fun show. And definitely, it was interesting to hear that uh, Bill Clinton was a, able to deliver his package unsuccessfully. They didn't accept it, but you know, you win some, you lose some, right?
0: It happens to the best of us. Very quickly, Juan Tapatio, who wins?
6: Tres cero Chivas.
0: Wow! So you think another another three goals for Chivas? Wait,
6: you, you got a close look at them uh, against Pumas. What do you what do you think?
0: I thought they played great. Oh. I think that they're they're on the upswing. they they're, they're doing they're doing better but my Pumas are in the next round for the Libertadores, so we're happy with that. Ronnie, thank you for joining us up there. from <laughs> Thank
4: you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, John. Hey, Beto, can you play the uh, the Me Que Se Siente one more time?
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: Please.
5: God, I just
0: want to sing that. <laughs> is that, is that good? Did that do for you? Nah. <laughs> I, I like John's version
1: better.
4: <laughs> can you can you somehow like like make it Photoshop it or not even Photoshop it but uh, doctor that so it says Chivas que se siente you know. God I've been I hope Chivas gets relegated. Oh by the way speaking of the, speaking of the relegation song what needs to happen?
1: <laughs>
0: if is, if Dorados loses, they're done.
4: So they they have to wanna oh, win their
6: Yeah, Give they're down right. If they they're get one, one point, if they drop, drop one, one point, point in the next,
0: uh... yeah, if they tie, they, they they have to win the rest of the way, and everybody has to lose.
4: So so oh shit.
0: So there's still hope. There's still hope for you, Ronnie.
4: There's still hope. <laughs> there's still hope.
0: Small glimmer. Yeah. So when that happens for Ronnie. Oh, good Lord, hit the wrong button. All right. Hey, everybody's so,
4: gonna get laid. <laughs> that's right.
0: This has been the Dos Acero Podcast, the production. You can hear on soccerchronicle.com. Thank you for joining us live on the YouTube. I want to give a shout out to our buddy David Loreto, who was joining with us joining us again. Thank you, David, for tuning in. And of course you can listen to this on iTunes during the week. Join us again next week. It'll be my last broadcast before I get to go to Hawaii, which I won't talk about next week. I promise. So. Hey John. More, yes, more
6: sir. One more shout out for uh, uh, last week was in Ninju and.
0: Uh, oh, that's right. Ninju joined us, and we we didn't look at the YouTube because it's so busy and crowded over there that I don't you don't want to give a shout out to one person and not give a shout out to everybody else. But no, we'll, we'll sure. give a shout out to Ninju and D Grade and all the people that that listen and enjoy the show. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. We'll talk to you guys next week, same time here on the Los Haceros podcast. Thank you.